0: Can you hear me? Nina? Hello?
1: Can you not hear me? I can hear you. Hello?
2: Oh, okay. okay. Ian's there. Yeah, I just jo- I just joined in. I had to hit a join in thing. Yeah, okay,
1: okay
0: there
2: we go. Perfect. Okay. Don't touch anything at all. <laughs> Don't touch a thing.
1: Uh, I saw that Ian kept getting hung up on. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What was going on there? I th-
0: may have been the join in thing. I don't know. I was trying to add you onto our conversation we were having,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that wasn't working either. So who knows? Not
1: weird. Okay.
0: Who it's knows? Tight.
2: No one pet a cat. No one do anything. <laughs> what? Just oh my god! Make sure this is recording, and everything will be fine.
1: You know, it's it's a lot easier to do this through Discord. That's a superior hanging out and audio program. Yeah. Well, do you want me to try to put to download Discord and give you guys a call back? Yeah, if you're willing to. I'm willing if to you don't try mind it. i'm willing to try it okay yeah, i really like discord
2: okay so. discord yeah, discord uh, uh, okay let me see if i can actually pull that off too because i'm on a really shitty computer mm.
1: it, it um, sounds better than than skype as well the audio yeah. quality
2: okay okay i'm gonna give this a, i'm gonna give this a shot and uh and there we there we go okay we'll try that
1: okay put my discord information in the chat <laughs> okay okay in the DM. okay All see right. ya bye Woo. Hello. Hi. Oh.
0: All right. Does this sound better? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> it all sounds the same to me. Uh, Skype tends to add weird white noise, I found. Like, okay. Sort of, uh, Discord always sounds a lot clearer to me. Sure. Okay.
0: Ian, you do sound better, actually.
1: All right, then. Yeah, Ian uh, sounds way better. Okay, then that's a good thing. All right. <laughs> I'm Hooray. all for Welcome to the year 2020. <laughs> Everyone's using can... Discord now. Yeah.
2: Very good. We should save all this uh, for the uh, for on the air. People would love this technical stuff. Oh
1: yeah, <laughs> they lap it up. you mean, we recording this. What? You mean we haven't been recording all this? Oh, oh yeah, and no, can, I'm just,
2: And can
0: we record? This? We're seventeen. <laughs> minutes, we're seventeen minutes into the show now. This is oh. this is gold. We're keeping
1: all this. All right, play the theme song.
2: Hi everybody, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby,
0: and I'm David Dedrick,
2: and we have a guest today uh, who is one of our very favorite guests, uh, who joins us once a year, uh, like uh, like Christmas, basically. Uh, and it is Nina Matsumoto. Yay!
1: Hello. Hooray. Thank you for the the melon beer that you left out for me. I'm enjoying it right now.
2: Oh. Oh, was it? Oh, uh, uh, what, what, what's this all about? Explain.
1: Um, it was my birthday yesterday, and uh, some great online friends of mine sent me a bunch of beer money, a gift card for this service called Beer Van that delivers beer right to your door. So I made a, a big order, hmm. and one of the beers I got was uh, a melon pilsner from Slowhand Brewing Company huh. here in Vancouver. That- it's really good. There's like an aftertaste of honeydew, And you know what? I'm actually not a big melon fan. Yeah. But when it comes to melon flavored things, I like it. Okay. I'm not sure why. Same with cucumber. I'm I'm not a big fan of cucumber, but if it's like a cucumber uh, pop, for example, I love that stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the Uh, aftertaste of honeydew does not sound (laughs) like it's not like it's bad, but it's not something that you would
1: chase.
0: Well, it seems like, like the most preferable aftertaste. Like, could you imagine if it was the aftertaste of cantaloupe? Ugh.
1: Well, uh, no, Uh, that wouldn't work. Honeydew uh, would work better with beer. Although watermelon beer is the best out of all the melon beers. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah.
0: So I actually actually don't consider watermelon like a melon. (laughs) Because I don't really like melon at all. Like I don't like honeydew or cantaloupe. But I love watermelon. So I just like... I just, have I've moved it out of, privately moved it out of the melon family.
1: Oh, no, you, come on. You got to open your mind, David. <laughs> I just because like... you like watermelon doesn't mean like, oh, that's not a true melon. <laughs> no, it means there is a melon that you like. No, no, yeah. no. It's... Free your mind and the melon <laughs>
2: will
0: follow. <laughs> I cannot, I cannot uh, deal with that. It's too,
1: it's too hard for well, me. Well, do you like cucumbers? I love cucumbers. Yeah, that's part of the melon family. Cuc- it is a type of melon. Is it really?
0: Yeah, it is. Oh, I guess I'm on, I'm on the side of melons then.
1: There we it's, go. It's, it's from the uh I don't know how to pronounce this it properly. It's like the cucurbit family or cucurbit family. Sure, they're all cucks. It sounds wrong either way, yeah. It's it's the the cuck vegetable or no, it's a fruit uh, I guess could have seeds in it. I'm
2: looking it up and it says yeah, the cucurp uh well I can't even do it while reading it. Cucurbit
1: <laughs> cucurbit. cucurbit. cucurbit.
2: cucurbit.
1: <laughs> John Cougar Melon Camp. I don't know oh. what it's John, John cucurbit <laughs> melon camp. <laughs>
2: That's right, and apparently he's a cuck as well, from what I've heard.
1: Oh dear! Oh, is he? Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, but uh, he'll change his name if you just look at him sideways. Like all of a sudden, now oh, he's John Cougar. Now he's John Mellencamp. <laughs> Come on!
0: Well, I also, think he said. I think the Johnny the Cougar c- thing was like his manager. Manager insisted on that. Yeah. He was like, "You'll never be famous as a, with Mellencamp as your last name." <laughs> so then he's like, "Okay, well, Johnny John Cougar." Then and so then, but when he became popular, and he's like, "I don't want to be." John Cougar? This is ridiculous. So then he changed it to Melon (laughs) Camp.
1: But it depends on the kind of melon though. Like if he was like John Honeydew, that sounds really smooth (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and pleasant sounding. And kinda suave. Weirdly oops
2: sorry. I was just gonna say and he's got the most disturbing food related uh lyric in all of music, which is uh sucking on a chili dog behind the tasty freeze. Which is like but that's
1: uh, not yeah. how you eat a chili dog at all <laughs> no no um, he's just sucking not... all the flavor out of it
2: <laughs> like has he lost all his teeth I, he I don't
0: think he literally means he's sucking on it I think it's just like it's supposed to evoke like the idea of like how you eat a hot dog it's kind of like not at your... all
2: not at all how you eat a hot dog you do well, not I know you don't
0: literally suck it but when you are eating it it looks like you're sucking like that's that's, huh? that's the thing that people like women I think it used to be a thing where women said you know I can't well, I'll never eat a hot dog in public
1: okay well <laughs> David I've seen you Put down some hot dogs, <laughs> and I don't think you look like you're sucking on them.
2: Yeah, we've seen no, you take I... three at a
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's you know, you're just referring to this old garbage can mouth here. So you know, it's a look. Little different. We're, we're, the, I you, literally threw
2: it in in, in s- one gulp. You ate them in such a way that they, they no longer serve meat hot dogs there anymore. Right?
1: <laughs> that's true. Went, we're closing <laughs> it down. We can't let them come more. Back. That's
0: right. Well, at least I never have to live up to that that reputation. Like people can't. I can never. I'll never have to go back there again and like feel obliged to order three hot dogs just to keep up my my reputation as a, a true trencherman, a real gourmand of hot dogs.
2: No, we'll go. We'll go eat at Pink's or something sometime in the in the far future. We'll we'll get some hot dogs there, or whatever that place is that uh, yells at people when they order hot dogs. We'll we'll get some good. We'll get some good hot dogs. We'll go to New York. You know, and we'll uh, we'll get some street, street <laughs> sure. dogs.
1: That sounds fun. Yeah, we'll make it to New York one day.
2: Yeah, Sure we will. <laughs> Wait, let me tell you, Nina, what I didn't get you yesterday. Um, what? Oh, well, I'll tell you, and then you'll be like, ah, you jerk. Um, uh, Pia, uh, and my wife Pia, and uh, my sister-in-law Vicky, and I went to Ikea – to get try and get a bench that was supposed to be for sale there, but they were sold out, and we we're like, "Oh, benches!" And I actually got a hot dog, co- coincidentally. Were um, do you on, sucking on them? Did, did uh, you I, suck on it? Well, you know, I'm practicing to be one of those guys that like just eats the hot dogs real fast. So I always have a glass of water. <laughs> I dip it in. I just shove it down my gullet. <laughs> so I guess technically, yes.
1: I think uh, I think
0: I could eat. I think I could eat six of those IKEA hot dogs.
1: Okay. Oh, they're like nothing. You can yeah. mash them into like nothing. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. They're so soft. If you Allen key them
2: together with a little pegs, you <laughs> make one large dog. Uh, but on the way out, uh, we were. It was really super crazy, raining. And as on the way mm-hmm. out, we passed a sign and it said Popeyes. And we're like, what the hell? What's this? What's this about? And I thought, oh, you know, it'd be nice. We could like pick up some Popeyes for Nina. It's her birthday. Uh, and by the time I described this whole thing, we'd driven too far and we weren't going to do that. <laughs> but I thought like, oh, what a nice surprise that would be for her. If, like I dropped off some of that at your place. And we're like, what a perfect birthday treat you'd even put it in the fridge if you'd eaten already. It would have been great. Uh, but I didn't do it. Anyway, so anyway, we thought about it for a short period. That's
0: the second best
1: gift of all. Well, it's I'm the gonna... thought that counts. Exactly. <laughs> Well, first of all you jerk <laughs> second of all that's fine I, I'm happy to hear that you were thinking of me even if you didn't actually go through with the plan to make me happy
2: <laughs> uh, we'll pick that, up um, some another time though it is it, it, in yeah. Richmond now it's in Richmond now So I, I was, I do I was still wondering why to...
0: there are so many up here now and apparently they're owned by the same company that owns Burger King Oh really? And Tim Hortons and some other things, yeah, yeah. So that kind of tells that tells me that the quality is going to go down pretty soon. So get them while they're hot, folks.
1: <laughs> well, I had a lot of uh, good food yesterday because my fiance Bob offered to pay uh, for dinner. He said, "Just order whatever you like, and I'll pay for it." Oh, so I ordered nice. from Chongqing. King. Oh, yeah. that's a that's a great restaurant. Oh yeah, I mean, I thought about going with something a bit fancier. I was thinking of getting uh, paella from this like fancy Spanish place that I really like. Okay. But uh, another friend of mine who has the same birthday as me also got Chinese uh, takeout. And I thought, oh, man, that sounds really, really good. And, like, I already had King when we had um, a little get-together in uh, Ian's backyard yes. when uh, Sparks 2 came out back mm-hmm. in August. Yeah. So I thought, well, I should eat something different then because I, I don't ever order food um, during the pandemic. Yeah. But, you know, what? I really wanted it. So I was like, oh, whatever. It doesn't matter if I've had it before. <laughs> it's what I want. Yeah. And I'm glad I went with it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I then showed the pic, because you took a picture of it. So I showed that picture to Pia, and she went, oh, that looks so good. So I was like, yeah, we were both envying your food, and <laughs> then we hadn't given you food, and so it all evened out. Sure. Like, no, no one was happy. Yeah. We didn't get our bench. It
1: all it all worked out just
0: fine. <laughs> you didn't get your bench. You needed to get our, our Popeyes. It's all good. It's no. all good. Like,
1: we got, got all this good beer and then the food, but it was like, like you said, it was raining like hell yesterday, so I felt really bad making people come here to bring <laughs> me things. The, the,
0: the one thing is, that I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to go to uh, Chongqing and eat there. Like, mm-hmm. I've always driven past it and been like, "Oh, that looks so good." But it's like a really yeah. awkwardly placed restaurant. It's it's on a really busy corner of a mm-hmm. really busy road, and it has minimal parking anywhere oh, no, around it. No, they got
2: it. parking. No, they got a parking lot.
0: But it's very. It's kind of small and very very. Uh, it seems very small and minimal to me. But maybe okay, I okay.
2: All right. All right.
0: Maybe I'm just. Uh, oh, they
2: have a parking projecting.
1: lot in the back.
0: Yeah, yeah and, a...
2: and kind of across the alley, they have a parking lot too. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Awesome. I didn't, didn't know that one. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. One. One of these days. One of these. I
1: days. had to get my ID renewed um, last month because it was you know getting close to my birthday, and that's when my ID and BC service card uh, expires. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had to walk to the the ICBC on Commercial, like right by Chongqing, King, oh, and yes. I really wanted to go in there and get something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can. So sad that we can't be spontaneous right now. I
2: it's know. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like you think it would be, Dave. It's the round tables. Yeah. It's exactly what you think hmm. it would yeah.
0: be. Yeah. I just yeah. like the look from outside. I mean, there's everything about it just yeah. We have a little um we have a little Chinese restaurant here in in uh, Alder Grove. It's been here forever. And when when you walk past it, it's like the warmest looking place inside cuz it's it's so old. It's all wood-paneled as if it was from the 70s and it is. And so it's just like all this wood paneling and wood tables and stuff. And then, you know, it's got sort of, I'm sure, like phony Chinese accoutrements, you know, sort of American Chinese restaurant uh, decorations and stuff. But it just looks so homey, you know, like it's really nice. Right? And it's actually what's strange is we never go there. And I have no idea why. Uh, one of these days, one of these days I'm going to I'm gonna press for that.
1: That reminds me of how um, when they look for a place to film... Like a, a Chinese restaurant scene in TV or film, uh-huh. mm-hmm. they have a hard time because in TV and film, they always like try to choose places with like red walls and like lanterns hanging everywhere and all <laughs> sorts of decorations. Yeah. Yeah. But in real life, Chinese restaurants are not like that at all. No, no, no. no I, I mean, they ref- make it look "quote unquote" look Chinese as Chinese as possible. So to try to go for all these like mm-hmm. obvious markers, even though it's not realistic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're decorated in the style of the era. They were, you know, unless they let's say up update but most of them are like this one looks like they opened in the 70s and just never never updated the the, the uh yeah the decor and that's fine it's good. It's walls, sort of charming uh, actually it's there what's funny is it's like it's like paneled like a rec room like it has all it's all like uh oh, wooden, okay like wooden paneling in it so it's really and it's kind of like a light wood uh wood as well it's really kind of appealing actually it's almost like you're like sitting inside a a piece of ikea furniture
1: they they usually have like really old Pictures hanging, like framed pictures mm-hmm. that are like faded from the sun. <laughs> yes. that Also, look like from the seventies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, and the glass <laughs> on the table and glass on the you know glass tabletop.
1: Yeah, the, the the Hollywood idea of what a Chinese restaurant looks like is always super phony. Yeah, it's the one from A Christmas Story that I think that they really want. They want that I one. I don't know top. what that is, but I
2: guess
0: that. Yeah. But even
1: even that one doesn't.
2: It doesn't have it's like exactly the, like, what you stereo. think it is. Yeah. But it doesn't
0: have like the stereotypical look to it. I mean, it's basically. It looks like they filmed it in in a. I don't know. It's like just like a back room of a, of a place. Like it's not fancy because those places weren't often fancy. They were you know, opened by people who were you know kind of immigrants who didn't have a lot of money who were like making a making a go of it. You know,
1: so like, it, like Okay, be- I'm I'm seeing a picture of it now. A Christmas Story Live changed that racist Chinese restaurant scene. Okay, I've never oh, like I said I've never yeah. seen this film. So is it was yeah. it a racist scene?
2: Well, they were la- okay. For what year was it racist? Um, <laughs> could have been more racist. It's, the idea was, you know, that they're laughing. That okay, two things that were. you know One is uh, that they're shocked that the uh, the bird has the head on it, yeah. and so the guy just comes out and chops the head off, and the mom screams, and yeah. they all have a good laugh at that. Yeah. And then the um, the the waiters all sing a Christmas song, but in thick Chinese accent. So. If that's what you know, it's like you know, they're having happens, they're having so.
0: trouble pronouncing their their L's, which
2: yeah, as you, you know. do, uh, yeah, it's that it's not okay, it's not Mickey Rooney, but it's not yeah. good.
0: <laughs> I mean, at the very least, it's, they are actually Chinese people who are who, actors who are. You know, getting to do this
2: so it's not Yeah, it's not Marlon Brando. <laughs> it's, not, it's not some I, white I'm,
0: guy. i you
1: look at this picture now, this comparison of the original scene and then the I guess Christmas story live, like a new version of it. Oh, okay, okay. That made it better.
0: Well, I don't know if it's better, but well, I'd have to I'd have to see. Well the
1: Christmas it. story live, the new version, like the de- the decor looks more like the Hollywood idea of what a Chinese restaurant looks like, honestly. But if you look at the red, red walls the old, and yeah, carpet. Yeah.
0: But if you look at the old one, right, it, it just looks like a place <laughs> like, like a diner
2: and yeah did they yeah. chop a, a new duck's head off every night <laughs> <laughs> or do they just have a prop that has a fake head just, they yeah have a rubber chicken knock it off yeah and they just take take that thing off yeah it's uh there you are i, I, I remember
1: should, it should like, watch that this year Christmas story it, you again, should yeah you should here's the, the thing like and, and by again the same it's director my, of
0: black christmas and Porky's.
1: i don't know either of those well black yeah, christmas I
0: mean, that's, is a great that's,
2: movie that's, yeah, that's a hell of a trilogy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, he did a really. This is the one with the lamp, right? the The sexy lamp.
2: Yes, uh, that's a yes. Christmas story. Yes. Yes. Uh, Black Christmas is a horror movie. Uh, you know that's uh, you know there's something in the attic. What is it? Uh, Margot Kidder's in that one.
0: It was the it was uh, yeah. the beginning of that. It was the kind of it was the pioneer of that of that. Uh,
1: is there a sexy lamp in the attic?
0: There is not a no, but there is something in the attic, and I won't, We won't give it away because you should. Oh, it it scary me. lamp! This is it's scary, been, <laughs> scary, scary lamp. Scary
2: lamp, and then and then Porky's has a shower scene, and no one remembers anything else. The end. Like it's ninety-minute movie, people remember three minutes of it. And is no there a lamp, lamp.
3: showering? I don't remember. Yes, it is. There's it's a shower, scene which is there? very
2: dangerous because it's plugged in. So that's <laughs> oh very, dear, very dangerous. Yeah, and uh, it made more money than any other Canadian movie, and uh, basically started all those types of uh, of films. But uh, I was going to do a confession of my own about the uh, the bird with a, a head on it. Um, when we went to Sun Shui Wah, which is one of the best uh, Chinese restaurants in the city here. Uh, oh, i there. Yeah, they they have, you know, and, and one of their big pictures in the menu uh, is, uh, you know, it, it's a chicken and it's got the head on it. And it's totally fried and it's there. And, it, you know, it looks, again, it's just a cultural thing and that's the thing. And we don't like our food to look like food. So there you are. So I was like, oh, boy. Uh, I mean, that's the one thing I couldn't really look at was just the thing because it looks like it's screaming. So I'd like, you know, the menu had that on the cover. So I like to turn the menu over. and We had the menu on the table. But I didn't want to look at it. And I was like, oh, I was just really disturbed by that image. And We had a lovely meal. And at the end of the day, we got our uh, leftovers and they put them in a the bag and it has that chicken on the bag. <laughs> 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 the exact image was on the bag. I was
1: like, oh. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, too. I've yeah. seen that photo so many times.
2: Yeah, and they also did the thing where they take the uh, giant crab and they walk it around the restaurant, and you're all supposed to pet it. And I'm like, what? again, I get that. Yeah, it's for it's for luck because they're going to eat the the giant crab, and so they take it around the restaurant, and basically every table uh, you're supposed to like pet the crab for luck.
1: <laughs> At least it gets um, one last moment in the spotlight before it's eaten. One
2: confusing fucking walk <laughs> around the restaurant. Well, it's
0: gasping for breath.
1: <laughs> Yeah, uh, they can live above uh, no, uh, water. Oh, they can. OK, yeah.
2: Yeah, they can't actually stay underwater for uh, for, you know, too, too long, too long. Um, yeah, they'll, so they'll drown, actually, right? Yeah, that's happened to people who have like uh, this. I know some people who went, hey, you no, know, I'm buying crabs and I'm going to like, you know what? I'm going to make them a pet. And so they put them in a the tank. And it was like, this crab was just like all real frantic. I was like, wow, oh, he's really freaking out. He must have had a hard life. I was like, no, he's trying to get up to breathe.
3: Uh, yeah, he seems to
2: be fighting with the other crabs. No, he's climbing on top of them to get up to breathe. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, these guys drown their
1: crabs. Oh, like boy. what? Hey. That, that reminds me of how whales uh, can't breathe underwater, which seems like a mistake to me. Yeah, Imagine you live gone. underwater yeah, And yet you still have to go up for, for air What a life <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that suck?
0: Well, not necessarily What if you but had to some, dunk,
1: gives some dunk your head Underwater to breathe Imagine that Well I mean you do have to go and
2: drink water to live yeah, if you don't that's drink different water. though. That's right. That's, that's what the fish are saying. Right now Can
1: you imagine? You breathe air, but you have to drink I'm water to no in Unless I'm drinking water wrong.
0: <laughs> I can't believe it. They they need water to live, but they don't live in water and they breathe air. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> poor those poor humans.
1: Well, we all gotta consume something, but when it comes to breathing, <laughs> that's a whole other deal. Yeah.
2: Would you say that's God's greatest mistake? <laughs> <laughs> the whale.
1: No, I think whales are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, don't I don't know. I'm I gonna have to investigate this this question. I love, I, I,
0: love I love those shots
1: they have where they,
0: like, you know, they'll have the camera up high and the person's like in a boat and there's like a this ginormous whale in the water beneath them and they don't even know it. Oh, that's great.
2: And they always say that it's a beautiful experience and I'm like, no, it's a horrible experience that <laughs> there's a giant in the water below you that could just like kill you with a flick of its tail without even knowing well, it's like no it's it's beautiful and then they talk to people like oh i wish that happened to me well i don't want to be around when that happens to you
0: <laughs> I, I hope you survive when they it. die
2: they can explode i've been around whales oh uh, yeah they can <laughs> wait wait sorry when they die they can yeah, explode for with? their
0: gases yeah oh
2: okay Damn. or if they blow them up on the beach after they die that also is they bad. also will explode yeah,
0: yeah. That's also bad. the whole thing's bad you don't want you don't want whales on the beaches get, get them off Oh boy, it's raining right here.
2: Yeah, I don't want to... Uh, I want to hear about your rain in a second. But that was a that was an odd thing they did in the, in the Simpsons. And again, I don't want to step on anyone else's podcast toes. But like, that they recreated the blowing up of that whale. But basically exactly like it happened. Like, that was... There was no like twist of like, uh, you know, and then The Simpsons did in a more bizarre way or something happened. It was like, nope, just dummies which, blowing up a whale.
1: Which episode was that again?
2: This is one where there was a dead whale on the beach and they had to get rid of it, so they uh, blew it up and it was like hot whale fat. Flaming whale fat was like landing <laughs> all around, but that really happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you like know what basically. season?
2: What season? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I'd Cause
1: I've actually been going through all the Simpsons uh, episodes that I have not seen. So I mm-hmm. started from uh, season 12 and I'm, I'm on season 15 now. And you know what? It's It's been a, a pretty fun journey. Like It's it's kind of cool knowing that like, there's so many seasons of the show that I love that I haven't seen yet. It and is I'm... season 21, episode
2: 20.
1: Okay, it's going to take me a while to get there, I guess. I believe, I I believe so, yeah.
2: I think so. And I you know
1: what? Was... Um, season 11 is not great, but season 12 is better than 11, which Bob said at first. Um, and I thought he was crazy until I watched it. I'm like, oh, he's right. Things get weird around season 11. I think that's when the writers thought they were going to like be canceled anytime. time. And then it didn't happen. So, like, they were doing all these, like, crazy things. They were like, oh, who cares? We're, we're going to be off the air soon. And then they probably got renewed for more seasons. And they were like, oh, shoot. We better write some real stories with real endings. And Which then is, just started to pick up a bit.
2: Yeah, it's like, uh, it would be interesting if, like, when they do wrap it up to see what that final season is like. It's like, what have you been waiting to do this for? <laughs> let's just, yeah. just full on go. Let's see where you're What have they not done? Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, you can't marry Ned off anymore. Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, you could. Yeah. But nothing's stopping important.
2: them. I would, I would like it if Maud had faked her death and came, who comes back.
1: How could they manage that? Why not? What, what, I here's, don't know. What do What you do?
2: She fell, uh, okay, she, so she fell backwards <laughs> off of the stand
1: uh-huh.
2: after being hit with a t-shirt gun. And then you look over the edge and then Maud's like dead on the ground. Okay, mm-hmm. that's easy to fake. You know, that's that's just you know. She falls. She grabs onto the ledge. She whips underneath. There's someone on the ground. She just needed to get out of that relationship.
0: H- how and then yeah, she comes back. But how about it? How about if she um fell and she got amnesia, and she's no oh. she's living in that town that they're rivals with, whatever that town is called, Shelbyville.
1: Shelbyville, yeah.
0: She's living there, but with a with a guy who's just like Ned Flanders, only he's right handed.
1: Oh. Or your cousin, because they married cousins in Shelbyville. <laughs> right, by them, uh, the founders. But she doesn't know who she is. But she's just sort of re- reproduced her life. But even more yeah. reason for her to marry her cousin. You remember, for <laughs> cousin yeah. though, but she doesn't.
0: Do they actually That's marry right. their cousin in Shelbyville? Is this just a is this just a, a mean thing that
1: people from? No,
2: they love their cousins. That's oh, okay. The whole difference between Springfield and
1: uh, and Shelbyville. They okay. were going to build a town together, but Shelbyville wanted to marry his cousin, and Springfield was against that. Oh, okay. So okay. they Separated and made their own towns. Also, you don't actually see uh, Maud's dead body ever in the show, so no. on to something here.
2: Yeah, I mean, Krusty <clears> faked <throat> his death.
0: I'd like to see a Vertigo like story with Maud.
1: I've not seen Vertigo.
0: Oh well, it's just the idea of like seeing a person who looks like someone who from your past who died. And then, and you're like convinced that they're that person and then you have to like, you know, you become obsessed with them and that'd be a a good story for Ned.
2: Okay. That is a good story for Ned. (laughs) Uh, Like I spent about 20 years coming up with Simpsons
1: stories. So (laughs) this is how your brain works, I guess. Yeah. You're just really going to come up with some kind of story.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it's hard to, like, get back on that train.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, that actually reminds me, um, one of the episodes I watched today, mm-hmm. I think from season 15, is the first episode, or actually second episode, where Homer's mother comes back.
2: Of oh, the first one? Or, sorry, you're No, the second, second
1: one. one, the sequel to the, the first episode where Glenn Close plays his mother.
2: And not to be so, a spoiler boy, but does she die in that one? Is that
1: the No, one that's the third one. I have seen uh, that one. It's not, that. yeah. I don't like that one at all. I have not no. seen the second one before. I didn't mind it that she fakes her own death at the end of that, actually. And I found out, so today is November 19th. Okay. I found out that 25 years ago on this day was the first episode where Homo's mother comes back. So that's oh, wow. a, a big coincidence. Yeah, that, that episode is 25 years old now.
2: Now, do you Jeez. think his mother was a, okay, do they, do you think she was a bad person for leave? Like, I know. She would have been arrested. I get that. Mm-hmm. But do you think she was a bad person for leaving Homer with Abe? Like, it almost felt like she got yeah. too much slack, slack for that. Uh, for that,
1: I'm sure they talk about this in Talking Simpsons, but that was, like, years ago. I don't remember what they said about it. Yeah. Uh, like, Abe was a bad father. She knew that. She knew that he was a deadbeat. Yeah.
2: And so she left her son with him.
1: She did try to contact him. It's just that all the mail got held up at the post office. And it never that's, reached him.
2: That's true. She did try to reach him. Yeah. that's right. But she wasn't uh, going to. Yeah, it's like if this if the story was reversed and like she was the dad who likes left to avoid criminal prosecution, you know, would that be bad? Like, it's just a weird thing. Like, it, it seems like sometimes they they play it like she's a saint and sometimes they don't. And it's a, it just feels like there was a story there of like, you know, do your time and then, you know, and be able to see your son like in prison. At you know, well, it felt no, like
1: she, it felt like in this episode, and also I think the third one as well. Like Homer's feelings were very conflicted about her. Yeah, it felt like he kept getting jerked around by her. Yeah, she, and then she's not a good mom either. Yeah, and then ultimately yeah. they have a fight, and then she dies. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's why we don't like that episode. That's a bit bleak, well, isn't it? Yeah, the one, it is. they,
2: the one thing they never made Homer in the story is a, a deadbeat dad. He was never he was never that. Yeah, they, that was a yeah. Kirk. That was a Kirk thing. Um, you know, he had a lot of negative qualities. He'd murder somebody, but he was he was sure. never a deadbeat dad. It would be interesting mm-hmm. to, to go like, no, I'll never leave my kids. You know, I'll be a horrible father, but you know, I will stick around.
1: Oh, so in order to be a deadbeat dad, you have to have left your kids. I think so. What do you think? Is that the He's definition? Like, okay. uh, basically,
2: yeah, and then not
1: pay uh, any support.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Like a dad who doesn't doesn't put in the time to raise his kids. That's whether. Whether yeah, that's contributing to their support or, or being part
2: of their lives. That's a deadbeat.
1: Oh thing. well, I always thought that deadbeat dad just meant uh, a dad who just sucks as a father. No, 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 no. 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 A deadbeat wow. dad has
2: to has to not be part of the scene. That's oh, just a I had no dad. idea. Yeah, deadbeat dad is. And speaking as someone who you know in the immediate family has has there's one floating around. Um, what are you trying to say? Uh, uh, what I'm no, no not the <laughs> not the sneaky dragon family. Oh okay. <laughs> so you but he's yeah wait he's we're there.
1: a family now <laughs> yeah you no know,
2: and, you know. okay okay well that's well now it's awkward
1: when you, I mean, you put it, it
0: like well. that jeez, nina
2: are you are you, you my two
0: what? dads <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: i'm the all right if we are doing okay. my two dads and technically i have not technically i have worked with one of the my two dads oh. um let's oh. see what the, i'll be i'll be paul riser I'll let uh, Dave be Greg Evigan. Oh, thanks. And, uh, I know who Paul Ithred is. I don't know who the other guy is. Yeah. Well, okay. We can get into that if you want. He was a
1: BJ from BJ yeah. and the I'm,
0: Bear. I'm much but more comfortable course, with BJs. They, and monkeys.
1: In, but, yeah, and
2: um,
0: and
1: sucking on a hot dog. <laughs> behind on hot, the t- is there a difference?
2: Behind the Tasty Freeze. Uh, he was also in the year <laughs> at the top where he was a banned person who sold his soul to the devil. Uh, and he was also, of course, in Big Sound, which is where you know him the best. From <laughs> which is, was written by uh, you know me and Louise Moon. So anyway, nice. there you go.
1: So was my two dads uh, was a premise because the kid had a, an actual deadbeat biological dad, and they had to adopt him or something. I
2: think the mom died. And what a deadbeat was
1: dead mom. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, so a literal dead mom. <laughs> that's, not a deadbeat.
0: That's a literal deadbeat. you're she was beaten to death.
2: And so uh, one of these two guys was her biological dad, and I don't think they ever wanted to find out which one it was. But they both oh, got okay. joint custody of her oh, okay. and raised her together. But one's kind of uptight, and one likes to rock and roll. <laughs> and uh, there you go. One's neurotic, and one's psychotic.
1: And okay, but when did they kiss?
2: When did they kiss? Yes. Well, mm, I think they're sort of related because they're part of the same family, so that'd be weird if they kiss. The two dads kissing. <laughs>
1: Wait, how would they like, in related?
2: Showyville. You know where they kiss? They kiss in the slash fiction. That's where they kiss. <laughs> Wait, how,
1: how are they? How are they related?
2: They're not related. They're they're well, they're related by possible daughter. Uh huh. They're both possibly this. Yeah, I, don't uh, girls I don't think they're related.
1: I don't think the are related. They can kiss each other and it'd be fine.
2: Sure, it's legal. No, would it be fine? It's legal in seventeen yeah. states. Why would so it not be two fine? Two dads to kiss. Why well, I they? guess you're two dads to kiss, but it's like... But if the two dads are biologically, perhaps you're... Ah, it's a tough one.
1: Well, they can't both be biologically the father.
2: Or can they?
1: <laughs>
2: they can't. One okay. made a deal with the devil, so anything No, but like parents...
1: Like <laughs> like a typical... Like, okay. So I just have to stop <laughs> one second. Parents? Are you saying are both biologically related to their kid. Yeah. Does that mean they can't... Are you saying they can't kiss? Because... Yeah that makes so it for both biological parents too. Look, like, I'm Mitch?
2: saying that uh the show also starred Dick Butkiss, and so it was already homoerotic <laughs> enough with that name.
1: Is that a real name? It is. Yeah, oh also Greg player. Effigan
2: yeah, yeah, Greg Effigan was in Tech War. was in Tech War, uh mm. the the sci fi series wow. created based on the novels of William Shatner.
1: How did we get here again? <laughs> yes. When when a mommy
2: and a daddy love each other very much, they die, and a second father shows up. Oh,
1: right, deadbeat then, dads. Okay, so where does that term come from? No idea. Oh, hmm. I guess
2: just, uh, you know, maybe like beating a dead horse to try to get money out of this guy.
0: <laughs> no, a deadbeat, okay, well, is a deadbeat is a near do well someone who, you know, like a deadbeat mm-hmm. has existed as an expression outside of being a deadbeat dad for a long time. Well, then A person who doesn't no. have a job and just hangs around in bars and... It just takes, you know, it takes advantage of people and, you know, and, you know, this and then never, never, that's a deadbeat. And so, but yeah. that's
1: why I thought a deadbeat dad could just be a dad who sucks as a dad, not no, necessarily a dad no. who's left.
0: No, a deadbeat And why
1: deadbeat. is it specifically a dad who's left? It's not a, yeah, it has, it's basically like a,
0: yeah, when a mom and dad are separated and the dad kind of fades out of the kids' lives.
2: And instead of Yeah, being, or just takes off at Christmas like Again, someone in our family did. Yeah, that's the the situation. Yeah, and and they're like, they're deadbeat dad. And they can make promises, but they don't, uh, you know, they like, we're going to get together next week. Oh, that's great. I'll see dad next week. "Uh, Something came up, but I can't do it. Uh, By the way, I'm going to get you uh, this. Oh, I need that. Uh, Yeah, I can't get you that. That's (laughs) not happening now. That's a deadbeat dad.
1: So, oh, like like a dad who might think about delivering a Popeyes chicken sandwich <laughs> and decides not to.
2: Yeah, except I'm not your dad. That's the thing, I'm I'm your coworker. We're, we're apparently part of the family. Sneaky Dragon family. We yes. are part of the Sneaky Dragon family. That's true. Yeah, um, it's the Sneaky
0: Dragon family. It's like it's, not, it's just like a name of something. Not, no, people aren't a family. Like if you're like a member, I of like understand the Carter. You know, Carter Motorcars family of businesses. No one. No one says, like, well, which one's the dad and which one's the brother? Like, that's
2: not what they mean, right? It's just
0: no, like- no, here, no, here's
1: the thing. We're not family. We're fam. We're fam. We're like a close that's affiliation right. of people, right?
2: Right on. Yeah, right on.
1: <laughs> you, you got to <laughs> use modern saying. terms here. <laughs> we're on Discord uh, now. It's sure. all up to date and modern. That's right. We're on Discord.
2: By the way, uh, Greg Evigan was also in Deep Star 6, which, wh- which sounds great. I already want to see that immediately just hearing that.
0: Is that a, uh, was that a it Star Trek
2: was- show? It was not. It was a movie that oh, okay. was Jaws in space.
0: So, what? Oh, so wait a second. So, is an alien animal that was hunting them down?
2: I believe so. Yeah, it was like an underwater military out, outpost to defend against the attacks Whoa, of a sea monster that is oh, okay. probably uh, like an alien.
0: Oh, kind of like below. Yeah. Is that what it's called? No, wait. It's called Underwater? What was that movie with Kristen Stewart that I saw? In deep. No, no.
2: Oh, wait, Kirsten Stewart. Oh, Under, man,
0: underwater, I think. Underwater, I think. You know, there's okay. too many
1: shark movies. There's way yeah. too many shark movies. I haven't seen a single one. This is an alien. Uh, or, I have not or seen Jaws, movie. though.
2: Oh, okay, well, I would advise you to at some point see Jaws because it is a very. Uh,
1: I, I did meet the real Jaws in Universal Studios in the 90s. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> on the, on
2: then on the what's, right? wait a second. What's his first name, then, Nina? What's, what's Jaws' first name?
1: Sharky. I
2: guess <laughs> to his friends, but the rest of us know as Bruce. That was the name of the actual shark from Jaws.
1: Oh, they use a real shark?
2: No, they had an artificial shark, and they called it Bruce. And Bruce very seldom worked. <laughs> and so, and so the, they had to rearrange the movie so you didn't see a lot of the shark, which made the movie much better yeah. because the shark didn't look great. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the flaws became one of the strengths. But I would say Jaws is a very it's a very good movie, and it's a good one to uh, it's a good one to see. Sometimes they play it in Stanley Park uh, during the during the summertime, and sometimes we might play it in our backyard. So you know, <laughs> if you want to come over and see it sometime, uh, it's yeah. it's worthwhile. The uh, very diminishing returns. Awesome diminishing returns as the movies go on.
1: Yeah, I understand. I, the sequels are not not great.
2: No, they're not.
1: <laughs> How many sequels are there? Like two, four there's four, four sequels oh my god yeah, he
2: fights rocky in the fourth
1: <laughs> i can't tell if you're kidding or not uh, I, I am kidding i am
2: uh,
1: Josh <laughs> you never know I, Without I, yeah, sequels go
2: yeah it's surprising that there isn't a prequel with flint that is very surprising because it seems like exactly the kind of thing that they would do but uh, no mm, they've never yeah. they've never done it
1: jaws uh, just, zero
2: yeah and they've never done a remake, which is also very surprising.
1: You
0: yeah, know, that's weird. Maybe, they remade yeah. Poltergeist before they tried to remake Jaws. Very strange.
1: Yeah, maybe there's something preventing them from making it. Well, Yeah, or maybe people have shark movie fatigue now. No, I not. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, when it comes to like good shark movies, like all shark movies now are uh, just people expected to be trash, like Sharknado. It's like ah oh, we're just watching it ironically that kind of stuff. There's no best shark movies but, anymore. People like mean
0: people liked that I, movie The Shallows, didn't they? That movie had has fans, doesn't it?
2: I've got to tell you here's here's my argument against this whole thing is uh is uh there's a thing called Shark Week where people <laughs> like sharks enough that uh on the Discovery Channel every year they have a whole week and it's their top week on the Discovery Channel.
1: Yeah, but it's all trash.
2: But it's been going from for '88 to now.
1: I'm saying there's no prestige shark movies anymore because everyone expects shark stuff to be trash.
2: Oh, I don't know. Okay, the Meg, obviously, that's a trashy movie.
1: I gotta bring uh, up the Shallows. So the Shallows, again. Shallows yeah.
2: yeah, Shallows, yeah. I don't.
1: I never
0: heard of the Shallows. It was well. It's a, it seems to be a well-regarded. I've not seen it, but it seems to be a well-regarded film.
1: Oh, from 2016.
0: Yeah, I think it has Blake Lively in it. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I've not heard of this. No, I've only heard of it, but I've never wa- I've never watched it. Because I'm uh,
1: not that interested in shark movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah well, <laughs> same.
1: You, have you guys seen Open Water? Nope.
2: Uh, no, and I haven't seen Open Water 2 either.
1: But do you know of it? Do you know the story? Yeah, yeah I know the story yes. of it. And it's yeah, and it based for... on a real story. Yeah. I think the, the story that it's based on is more horrifying than whatever they could show in this movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Even but the movie is like a long, grueling, death slow death march to the end. I heard so. it's not
1: great. As a movie. Yeah. Hmm.
0: No, I've never been. I don't know. It's one of those films that when you know the inevitable conclusion, you're kind of like, eh, what's the point?
1: Yeah. How about,
2: what was the shark movie with uh, Will Smith and, uh, and uh, the uh, Martin uh, Scorsese? What's that one?
0: I never Martin, heard Scorsese- Martin, Scorsese, Martin Scorsese, did you
2: say? Shark Tail. Oh, shark yes. tale. Oh, oh. <laughs> Martin Scorsese okay, well. is a shark <laughs> with big eyebrows. Big, huge <laughs> <big laughs> <big, big laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, puppy eyebrows. I thought you meant it was Martin a Martin Scorsese George. movie. Yeah. Yeah, he's a. Uh, whenever I think of Martin Scorsese, whenever he's talking about something like, I don't know about them Marvel movies, I'm like, okay. But then I go like, wait a minute, you're in Shark Tale, you, you rascal. Come here, you. I can't be mad at you. <laughs> am, I, am I
1: wrong, or weren't there two animated shark films released around the same time?
2: Well, Nemo had a big shark in it.
1: Oh, maybe so. that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Because, like, there's always, like, two anime movies that have very similar uh, premises released from yeah, the same time.
2: There was also Ice Sharks. And, uh, Is that, that was... like,
1: Sharks Made of Ice?
2: Sharks that I think go <laughs> on the ice, I think they come out. Oh, that sounds cute. Yeah. They're like
1: sliding on their bellies like penguins. They would have done better if it was called Sharks on
0: Ice.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Sharks on Ice would be good. 2016, that one came out. Um, uh, let's see. I'm looking at I got a lot of Sharknados going on here. <laughs> Open Water 2, which I don't think they should have. Raging yeah. Sharks. That sounds like a boxing movie with sharks.
1: <laughs> oh, I would watch that
2: and uh oh the life aquatic with steve zizou yeah there was a leopard shark in there
1: so i'll give that as a i've not seen too. that either that's a oh angry. it's one of my favorite i know i should yeah
2: <laughs> i love that movie so much that's my oh my god i love that movie people don't but i love that they don't like so it
1: much. i thought people love that movie
2: it was not uh, no it didn't do very people... well it wasn't a, it wasn't no, a hit. Didn't, you
1: know, it didn't do very not... well but i thought it's a, a, a cult classic
2: I like it so much I've got the shoes. They have a certain <laughs> sneakers. And it's the only time I've actually like purchased shoes based on a film.
0: Well, is that something that people do?
2: Yes. Name one. Yes, very much so. Name
0: a movie that people bought the shoes from that movie.
2: Oh, my God. Well, we could just talk to our friend Branwyn. she buys many shoes. That I know, but she's, she's, she's like time. an Adidas
0: collector, but she's not she's not buying Adidas because they're in movies, is she? Oh, I'm just trying to oh, think yeah. of what... I mean, I'm not saying oh. you're wrong. I'm just trying to think of like what movie...
2: I do have a pair of uh, Jet Li's shoes. I do actually have a pair because we'll give them he, back to him. <laughs> no, he he left them on the set. <laughs> he left um, them. He forgot It them. was that movie where he fights multiple versions of himself in multiple dimensions. Oh, uh, yeah. uh,
1: the one. The, the one. one. That's
2: right. Sure. Okay. That's a good movie. Uh, but they also they sold afterwards a lot of the. <laughs> I haven't
1: seen a lot of movies.
2: Yeah. They sold the props, and so there were some shoes that were my size, and so Pia bought them for okay, me. They're, okay, very They're well, now comfortable I'm just, shoes. But, but I'm you're just not saying you, didn't bu- you
0: didn't buy those shoes because you were such a fan of the movie, though. You just bought them because they were... Oh,
2: my God.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, I don't think... I'm not saying you're wrong. A I'm research. just... Like, was there, like, an ups, upsurge in ruby slippers after The Wizard of Oz came out?
2: Well, look... Uh, no. as a as no. a big oz head i have to tell you <laughs> in the books they're the silver slippers so i'm I, sorry i don't care for this whole ruby slippers bullshit it, it looked better in technicolor yeah i'm sure they did
1: yeah i'm trying to think of movies with notable shoes in them and oh uh, uh back to the future the man with the red shoes oh yeah yeah there aren't too many though oh there's the computer war tennis yeah, shoe
0: that's right that's why i wear tennis shoes <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> we talked about this before, didn't we? Yeah. I've already forgot what the movie's about. I'm sorry. It's okay. We don't have to bring it up. We don't have to dredge up that one again. <laughs> there's a uh, there's Jojo Rabbit, but that's depressing. <laughs> that's right. She has nice shoes in that movie. Yeah,
2: she just take them.
1: What's the big deal? If she's in <laughs> mind. Come on, you, come. you know what? Let's um, let's cut it with all these shark movies. Let's do more shoe movies. Yeah, more
0: what movies? Exactly.
1: Sorry? Shoe movies. Oh, shoe movies. Yeah. We need more notable shoe movies.
2: <laughs> okay, so I'm looking now on Rotten Tomatoes for the most important shoes
1: in movies. Well, I <laughs> we sound like a, a foot fetishist. Yeah, we are. Quentin little... Tarantino movies probably have notable shoes in them, oh, or lack yeah. of, actually. I well, I like, how,
0: okay. I like how I like Tarantino uses shoes as like, as character identifiers. So, like, oh, think, does he? Yeah, like you think of like um, Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's always wearing those kind of hippie hippie moccasin boots that he he's wearing, and like. So he's like kind of an older guy, but who wants to be a younger guy, you know? So he's Mm -hmm. trying to like wear clothes like the, like the younger generation, but he's, he's not, he's, you know, whereas, whereas um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he wears cowboy boots as if he's still like bounty law, you know? So he's he's, Mm -hmm. he's stuck in his, he's still stuck in the past of his career. I think, you know, I think I like, I like how he does that. I I always find, I mean, it's a, it's sort of a funny joke, I guess, although I think it's it's, you know, it's time has passed, but I, I don't mind, like, uh, I don't mind how Quentin Tarantino uses his, his feet in movies. And, like, it's kind of fun, like, there's that scene in, um, it's the one I've seen most recently, which once upon a time in Hollywood where, you know, Brad Pitt's character picks up the hippie girl, the Manson girl, and she, like, stretches her feet across in front of him and, and squeezes them up against the, the, the windshield and they're just like filthy <laughs> these filthy feet you know and there's another identifier right of this of this girl so yeah i just yeah. i just think that's kind of interesting that way he uh he uses no
1: that. it's true like uh obviously he has a fetish everyone knows that but at least he <laughs> indulges in his, his his fetish in like a creative way <laughs> and make sure yeah the particular details about the character's feet and shoes yeah. um inform the audience about the character and as so you know cool. you could
0: only kink shame directors so everyone else it's off limits but uh directors <laughs> open, open. Uh, yeah i mean uh, i mean for sure i mean all i mean if you watch like brian de palma films he loves tracking shots of women from behind
1: oh does he oh yeah i, he never... always, does it make... I haven't seen play films like Oh, okay but, uh, yeah I'll a, to that next time he's
0: a he loves to do that because i don't know i think i think he likes it because it's, it's it's like a vulnerable thing because you you've if- the audience is the stalker. It's
1: not focused on the butt or anything, right? It's no, just
0: it just shows them from... I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, it's showing the form, yeah. It's showing the female form. There's a scene at the be- beginning of of The Fury where oh, I can't remember the Amy Irving. Yeah, Amy Irving is walking with another girl, and they're just walking along the lakefront in Chicago. And the scene goes on like for five minutes of them just talking, and the camera's always just behind them, following them as they're talking. And so you become the voyeur in these scenes, and that's what De Palma liked. And that's how he thought of you as the... He thought of the film watcher as a voyeur. And so he always kind of kept that element in his movies. Okay. But if you, you know watch, like, I... uh, Body Double or or uh, The Fury, like I say, or any of those movies, that, uh, that one with um, Just a Kill, with Angie Dickinson, going through the museum, like, all those sequences are very voyeuristic.
1: I haven't seen any of those, unfortunately. They're all really, but, they're uh, really good movies, I think. Yeah, so. I, I've, I've liked what I've seen of his stuff. I bet... Uh, I bet Tarantino could direct a good shark movie. There's lots of opportunity for bare feet shots. <laughs> oh, in for that. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: should, you should go gotta, for it. You gotta sell it. You gotta sell it.
1: Yeah, like shark, yeah. like nibbling at the toes. So yeah. many opportunities. Why hasn't anyone told him to do this? It's funny how important he thinks. Uh, it's true
0: though. Like in the scene in um in maybe my favorite Quentin Tarantino film, whose name I can't think of now, but I do love it so much. Which one? The, the one with with the with Kurt Russell and the and the and the girls in the car and. Oh, oh death, uh, De- uh, death proof. Yes, death proof. Death I proof.
1: actually yeah. I couldn't finish watching that one. It disturbed me too much. Oh, the ending is the only really great bit. You got to get to the um, ending. Yeah, I, I heard the ending. I heard the audio from the ending. And where, that did you, where, did you, where did you?
0: Where did you? jump off the boat?
1: Oh, halfway through. Yeah, that's the problem. Like after the, after, no the, get through after the after the accident. That's the yeah, thing. That's that the loses thing.
2: everybody. And then it's like, oh, I just.
0: But that's what's so
1: great I, about know, that I scene. know what happens afterwards, but I don't
2: know.
0: Yeah. I just. Uh, yeah. I don't like that. That's funny. What I like about that scene is that the reason you didn't like that is because you were secretly wishing for something bad to happen to those girls.
1: No, that's not true. You know what? Let me, <laughs> me confront you about this. I have okay. talked about this before on the show. You said, oh, you, you hate these girls. Yeah. You're, you want something bad to happen to them. And then something bad happens to them, And then you feel bad. Yeah. And I was listening to this. And I thought, no, I didn't. Mm. I didn't hate these girls. I thought these girls were fine. Yeah, like they're not the best people. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of scumbag um, characters in movies, in any kind of movie, and yeah. it doesn't mean you wish death or something bad. No, something but when
0: you're watching horrible, a horror bad. movie, it's like it's set up as like a horror movie, right? They're going to a cabin, and so you you know that they're headed for trouble, and so you're you know, uh, and yeah, I don't I don't I mean that you're wishing so. bad on them. It's just that your your movie your movie goer thrill brain is thinking like. Oh, it's uh, going to be like a slasher flick or whatever, and some of these girls are going to get killed, and we're going to—it's going to be exciting and blah blah blah. So you're kind of anticipating that aspect of, of the movie, and then when the accident happens, and most significantly, someone's well,
2: Acc- accident.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> well, yes, okay. I when I the just, murder I just had happens.
1: Perspective. I thought, hell yeah, girls' night out, <laughs> and then the whole thing happened. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't want to watch any more of this <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but i think that's what he wanted because then when you get to the ending the mo- ending is so cathartic that you're just
1: like oh this is so great i don't know because like there's that but i also i'm not the biggest fan of revenge flicks either oh okay
0: so like, I mean, that's what the movie yeah, is right it's like, it's like it's like it's like, like a takeoff a of, of the 70s revenge flick. like that's what he was going for yeah with the, you know um rodriguez did the the goofy tra- uh, trauma kind of film with his with his story for that uh planet of terror and then and then Tarantino did like a a set, set, it it's it's like a '70s revenge movie directed directed by a French director. That's that's a problem with the the Tarantino one. It's like it's too good a movie to be the trash that they're they're pretending to be making. Right? Rodriguez is is truly trashy and just ridiculous. Whereas Tarantino's is actually kind of a good movie. But um, I was just going to say about that scene. The, the thing that I thought was interesting was that. The one body part you see, like flying from the car, is the leg with a foot attached. Yes, to it. So,
1: I I that, definitely remember that scene. That's, <laughs> that's,
0: yeah, so you're kind of like, ah, yes. You can't even even there. He's like, oh, here's the most important part: <laughs> the leg and the foot. But like,
1: <laughs> that was a there was like a horrific scene. But um, that was a very striking visual because, like, she's known for her legs in that universe. Yeah. So yeah. now she's lost the most important part of her body and rest of her as well. Yeah. Well yeah, of course, but you know. <laughs> yes. yeah. You know what I, I say I don't like Revenge Flicks, but I did like uh Django Unchained and Inglorious Bastards. Mm. But that's different. That's like revenge against like uh like racism and fascism and all that. Yeah. In this case it's a little bit different. Sure. And yeah, he's a horrible guy who deserves what's coming to him, but I don't necessarily want to watch a guy getting horribly beaten.
2: Yeah. <laughs> do you know do you, you know what you I like? Yeah, what I what I liked was uh Zoe Bell. I think she changed it all. Because she was such an odd character, and she's yeah. like—I guess she's Australian—and she was a stuntwoman, New, Ze- New Zealand. And, New Zealand, sorry about yeah. that. Yeah, and uh, she was just such a weird character <laughs> that it just—it just made it, it cleansed my palate completely from the blech. And then I just was like, <laughs> "What's her deal?" And every time she she would always react to things in such an odd way, and like, "What's this about?" and You know, at one point you think like she's dead, and she just pops up in the field and goes, "I'm right. (laughs) Yeah, it's good.
0: Uh, And then, yeah,
2: I did like watching her beat the guy up. I like the I like the idea of this guy who's Johnny Cool through the whole thing, and like has all these rules and all this setups. And the second that the things turn, he's crying (laughs) in a mess. And it, it just reminded me, like recently, of when we had those Nazis marching with the tiki torches. And they had like this one bald guy who was just like ah, and just saying the most foul things. And then like I, about, I, I said to my wife uh, Pia, um, uh, I don't why I'm saying my wife, you know both, you, you both know her. Um, <laughs> but I said to her, he's going to be breaking down in a week on TV and apologizing because he was saying the most foul things. I'm like, Mm-mm, can't go through, nope, can't do it. He's going to be, and yes, one day later, he's on TV crying crying his eyes out and I'm so sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> to say those things. I'm not that kind of guy and I'm like yeah, this is what these kind of bullies are. Yeah. You know? The second mm-hmm. things turn a little bit and then uh yeah, yeah, a big tough piece <laughs> of crap.
0: And I, I like that it was uh, Russell himself who brought that to the role, so it wasn't written that way but he uh Oh really? He really like so he really wanted to sell it in the movie as, as like a, being a big weepy baby. So Tony was like, yeah, that's really good. I love that cuz Makes well, even, what's your even creepier and worse than
2: EA? Yeah. Let me ask our guest, Nina Matsumoto, um, uh, who is our friend, and some would say family. I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> what to, what's, I'm, actually, I'm fam, okay? Yeah, we're fam. We're not going to... Yeah, that's right. Uh, what would you say your favorite horror movie is?
1: You know what? I don't watch um, horror movies that often. I'm actually not the biggest fan of horror films. Okay, which is me neither, but okay. Well, for, it's weird because we, we don't like them for different reasons. Like I like horror, I like horror comics. I like horror things. I just don't like horror movies for some reason. Hmm, Um, Yeah, I'm not sure what it is. I think no, I think I know what it is. It's like a lot of it just feels so contrived to me that it annoys me watching him.
3: Mm.
1: And I like horror films that are 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 more like having fun with it and are a bit comical. Like Evil Dead, for example, is a good example. Uh, When a horror film tries to be too serious and doesn't have fun with the concept and the ridiculousness of how contrived a horror film has to be to set up these situations, then it kind of loses me. Hmm. So like, I like evil dead. Um, and Oh, um I love, I like cube a lot. Mm-hmm. If that counts as a horror film. I've, never, it seen, does, I've never seen that one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you haven't seen, you You should watch cube. That's like a oh uh, gosh, Canadian darling. Cube. I'll watch it when and, you see Jaws. <laughs> it, well, I guess, yeah, Jaws is a horror hey, film, Hey, guys, come over. Uh, we'll
2: have a double bill. I'll watch both of them. It's <laughs> my favorite movie.
1: um Oh, so, and I... So, uh, Bob and I try to watch horror films in October, and uh, we watched Ginger Snaps for the first time. Oh, yeah. Oh, he okay. watched it once he was younger. Yeah. And he doesn't remember much about it. I've never seen it. I actually like that a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like Ginger Snaps. I heard the sequels are are not great. They're the weird. People,
2: they people, go... Yeah, what a weird concept. <laughs> Yeah, I think the third one is uh, is in a different uh, era if I'm remembering correctly. I think it's like a, the old west or something. But there's some of the same uh, actors are in it, and it's like okay, I guess that's fine. I think they were trying to make a TV show for the longest time of it too. But yeah, the first film is like uh, is really good.
1: I watched it's, it's Adam's fun. Family for the first time too, like the the first movie. That's a very good right. movie. I think. Yeah, it's really good, mm-hmm. and I really I also like um, what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. i guess if you if you want to count that as a horror film i like a, more of a comedy i film. love i know i love horror with comedy elements in yeah, it okay. I love that a lot. and i love the thing i think the thing is my favorite horror film actually and you know what i think the thing is a really funny film
0: it's just sure. it is yeah i mean the interpersonal you, rea- uh, relations between the guys is, is quite good yeah the,
1: yeah like it's such clever writing mm-hmm. and horror and comedy are so close to each other Sure. Like they both make you react because you don't know what's ha- uh, what's gonna happen next, and then something happens and it makes you react, and it could either horrify you or make you laugh. And I think the thing um, crosses that that line, <laughs> or yeah. yeah, straddles that into line into something that
2: you would never like. This yeah, the scene where. You know they're doing the uh, trying to resuscitate the guy and
1: then they, oh yeah I love that part so much that's the funniest part <laughs> and I love hilarious. the part where the head crawls away and yeah, the yeah. one guy is like you've got to be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that so much
2: yeah
0: that's great uh, well it's tension
2: and release of tension both comedy yes.
0: and horror yeah I think what I like about movies like the thing and what what I like about that movie is how uh, how true it is to its concept, you know? So like an example of that is that scene where, you know, it's so disgusting and horrible, but it is just, that's what the thing is. Like, there's nothing human about it. So a head is just, the head is just another part to like crawl away with, you know, like it's nothing, you know, it's not, it's not a head. It's just mm-hmm. part of it. Right. So it can have legs. Yeah. It can have an eye, a nice eye, two eyes on him, stalks and, you know, like I just, yeah, oh, that's just great to me. I, I, and I, and I just love it right to the end. I just love the fact that the ending is so grim, and that this this you know one of them, one of them is probably the thing, and uh, they're going to die together, <laughs> or at least go to sleep together.
1: Yeah, yeah. there's different locations for the ending.
0: Yeah, yeah. People, I, I've tried. I've tried. I would just watched it recently. I watched it a couple of weeks ago because um. Oh, okay. Mary and her boyfriend wanted to watch it, and I was like, "Oh, I'll watch it again, sure." And so I, I got out my DVD of it, and we watched it, and um. Yeah, it's, and I was trying to watch it, like, because I've watched people's, like, you know, what is the, you tr- know, what is the ending or the thing and, and stuff. So I was watching, it and I was just like, I can't see what they're talking about. Like, I cannot, I can't get the clues that these people are picking up that, that the one guy is the thing and, and Kurt Russell isn't or whatever. Like, I don't know, whatever.
1: Oh, another one I watched last month. I told you guys about it. One Cut of the Dead.
2: One Cut of the what? Dead?
1: Yeah. No, what is that? Tell, oh, tell that's one. that's the Japanese uh, zombie movie that I urge oh, you guys. to watch. Yeah, it's on no, I'm sorry, I've not I've not it. watched yeah. it
2: yet. I'm, I keep
0: meaning to, you. but I'm kind of okay. like you. I'm not a zombie movie fan, so it's hard for me to. I
1: completely get it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no.
1: but gotta, trust me on.
0: That. I gotta, I gotta trust you on this and, and get over
1: my. I would, I, I would space. explain why <laughs> it's good, but I can't. All right, can. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it down right now. Yes, um, please me, watch it. I think you enjoy it a lot. I'll try, I'll try. One cut
2: of the dead. Let me let me back up a little bit, guys, and yeah. say if you're curious what happens after the 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 1982 film The Thing. Yeah. Well, I I I've got I can I can let you know. Um, uh, what happens is the 2002 video game The Thing. Because <laughs> yeah. it is it is a video game uh, sequel to yeah. The Thing. Yeah. That's a third person shooter. So there you go. You can shoot <laughs> straight. Make really a crouch. Shooter? Hmm. Yeah, it's a shooter. So you know,
1: there you go. So play the game, and they'll go like, "Oh yeah, now I know what happens."
0: It, it would only and be cool know, if it was okay. like the chess game he's playing at the beginning of the movie. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, that that machine that is is made just to play chess. Yeah. <laughs> they destroys, even though it's probably like two million dollars. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes. Yes. I i i i was always like, oh, that's kind of dumb. But then I think it's probably his, anyways.
1: <laughs> I just posted a gif from the the thing on my Twitter. There's a meme going oh. around saying, "What is the." Single most uh, single greatest mo- moment of non dialogue acting in movie history. Oh, yes. I just yes, uh, a gif of that dog because that's like the best dog acting I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, oh, you're right,
2: you're right. oh, I've got a second bit of dog acting for you. Let me see. What was, <laughs> okay. what, what's the Kyle McLaughlin movie with the aliens that we bring oh, up the all hidden, the time? The Hidden. The Hidden. I okay now what they did was a great trick, yeah, uh, because like. Every time a person is possessed, they do this little thing with their face, this little thing with their face and their tongue. And mm-hmm. you're like, "What's this about?" But it was just like it's a tell, how you know this person is possessed by an alien. And at one point a dog is possessed. And the dog just looks in a mirror and does the little thing with its tongue. And you're like, "Whoa, that dog's possessed." <laughs> and that's good acting from that dog. What if they turn that
1: dog and work backwards?
2: Exactly. That's exactly what they did. They just went, whatever the dog does, People will do through the movie, but they play the dog thing at the end, and you're like, "Oh, that dog mm-hmm. is that such a good actor!" Oh, how they get! I'm sure there's exactly ways to get. A, I'm sure there's ways to get a dog to lick its lips. Oh, so good! So I will, I will go head to head with the two dog acting things in there. But uh,
1: mm, okay, again. Yeah. I'm not, not seen this. I'm going to keep saying it to every I movie. Think I'm not seen you it. Will but...
2: like that one as well. I mean,
0: okay. scene, I just want to say the scene when that dog goes into the pen with the other dogs. Mm-hmm. that's some really good acting there it is you get like a really good sense of like this like the alienness of the dog to their dogs and everything yeah it's really it's really good yeah
1: it's such good acting that dog yeah. is a better yeah. actor than i am <laughs> <laughs> the way it pauses and the way it stares it's so well done yeah
0: yeah it really it's really is good yeah good good dog handling whoever did that
2: have you had to do any
1: acting no he was acting point? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like I did drama in, in high school. I acted in a bunch of plays. I love. I like acting. Actually, hmm. Oh cool. Most people don't know that about me.
2: No, I've known you for many years, and that's never gone.
1: come up. Well, like once you're you've left high school, there's not many opportunities for you to act. Unless you're you afraid
2: that we would have cast you in something <laughs> at some point, and so you don't want to say that because <laughs> no. they were like, "Hey, Nina, do you want to be in this film?" And you're like, uh, no, "Well, I, I can't act
1: now during the pandemic." Okay, I know. Well, us ways.
2: We can do Zoom. Okay. Zoom act, sure. Okay, All right. <laughs> I didn't know this. This is like... Um, a-
1: no, I, I like acting, actually. Um, so I don't swear, right? The only time I have, I've said swear words is when I was forced to in a high school play. Um, there's a, sure you there's did, a... You
0: left the swear out of that quote from the thing earlier.
1: I know. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Yeah. I don't want to be potty mouth. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like uh, it's it's very awkward when I had to do karaoke with swear words in it. Mm. I just kind of voice. Mm. Um, mm-hmm.
3: um
1: <laughs> <Just don't laughs> do, of no rap song. songs. Is, is no, no, uh, I can't do anything angry. Um, yeah, I had to say you were always such a what was it? you were always such a s word to me. So um, I didn't want to say it, but I had to. So I would say like shit, and then not say the t, <laughs> and then to me so i wasn't actually saying it right uh yeah. but then uh they were told to change the word to the b word because the s word was too harsh for ah. <laughs> high school so then i had to say that b word which yeah, i didn't yeah. like but whatever it, it was a. Uh, uh it wasn't on my own volition i was trying to be a good sport about it so th- that's the only time i've said those words
2: i used to be a no swear kid and then I did, had to do an audition once in front of my parents. They both brought me to this audition. And it was for a Kurt Vonnegut play uh, based on Slaughterhouse-Five. And so I had to say, and so I'm going to cuss now. Um, and so I had to say, uh, uh, go take a flying fuck at a rolling donut. Go take a flying <laughs> fuck at the moon. And, okay. and, and, and All right. So I say that. And I'm like, oh. And I look over at my parents. And they're like, well, he had to say it. It's in the script. And then the director goes, okay, we're going to do That was good. We're going to do one on tape now. Do do that again. Like, oh, boy. So I have to do it again. And I was like, yeah, that's good. Okay, what I want you to do is – and they've given me notes. So I had to do it about five times. So I had to say this like five times in front of my folks. And uh, it was so embarrassing. They might as well have just asked me, Ah, just strip down,
1: do a couple (laughs) push-ups. It's just like, oh, my God. It's so – I don't swear. And is that when you started swearing naturally
2: no i started swearing okay. naturally uh probably last year of high school but before i, I, that, I was, last year yeah last year but no i was like lock solid don't one of those guys don't swear not a nope no that's beneath me no sir no sir mm-hmm. i do not swear
0: are you sure I yeah, just wasn't the kurt one play uh go take a flying fuck at the moon wanda june
2: uh could have been could okay. have been that one okay so oh the moon fuckers is what it was <laughs>
1: Well, I don't want to start because I think if I did start I wouldn't be able to stop, so
2: Ah can't stop.
1: Uh, the no swear kid is your cowboy name now. <laughs> Sounds really dangerous. I reckon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh uh,
1: the word.
0: There's the Yeah. I remember reading this book called uh, Up at the Old Hotel by this writer Joseph Mitchell who wrote for The New Yorker and he he met this man at a bar who gave him a business card that said he was the don't swear man. And he made it his, it was his mission in life to go around. And I guess because this author had said some very mild e- expletive in the bar. And so then this guy went, you know, sir, when shouldn't, you know. And so he gave him this card, you know, I'm the don't swear man. And, and he said one time, and I guess he said one day I was coming home from grocery shopping and I had my bags and I was trying to like jostle the bags and, and get my key into the door. And, and then I dropped the grocery bag with my eggs in it. And that's when I said it. And the author was like, what did you say? And he said, I said, the Dickens. So was, <laughs> that was his swear that he had said. Sorry. I was like that. The don't swear man.
2: But to the don't swear man, the yeah. Dickens is filthier than any word you could say. That's right. That's filthiest word.
0: That was, he broke down. He, he broke down. Yeah.
2: It was also, I always liked in uh, in England how they'd be like real loose with the C word. But if you said the word fanny, <laughs> they would lose
1: their
0: minds. Yeah. And but you the just C mentioned word- your fanny.
1: The C-word, isn't like,
0: uh, yeah, the C-Word doesn't have a sexual meaning to them. So.
1: Oh, by yeah. the way, uh, do you guys consider C-R-A-P to be a swear word? No. Uh, mm. My parents do. I always, I do consider it a swear word. Hmm. That's why I don't say it. That's a bunch of crap. No, makes a, People a, hey, what? Hey, language. <laughs> <laughs> People have told me that it's not a swear word, But I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's a swear word. Like, you can't let a kid say that. You wouldn't let a little kid say that, especially in, on like a kid's show.
2: Okay, what would you consider, what makes a, a word a swear word to you?
1: I don't know, because that can also be um, a weird thing for me too, because I don't consider hell to be a swear word, but i am also never been religious. Okay.
2: How so about oh God?
1: Say, hell? I don't it consider was, that. Oh
2: God! Would that no, I, a,
1: I'll say that. Okay. Anything I, that's like religiously so, a swear word. So Jesus
2: <laughs> Christ, consider. that is what, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. That's
1: yeah, I don't, I don't say that very often though, I try not to because I know it does. Offend some people, okay. so I try to be mindful of that.
2: No one ever says "Holy Spirit." No one. Ah, Holy Spirit. We're not so
1: Catholic. Left
2: right out of the trilogy, yeah.
0: We're pro- okay. we're not predominantly but, like, Catholic. So. I say, Holy "Mary,
1: Mother of God, pray for us sinners." Ah, like I don't know if you notice, but I always say "Dang," D-A-N-G. Yeah, I don't uh, say I, any I, the other I, way.
2: I try to ignore it. I try to be I it. <laughs> Yeah,
0: that kind of swearing I just cannot get behind. I
1: assume luckily that we have that a really horrible word. I got it happening. from the far side.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. All right. <laughs> I will say, um, ding dang. Oh wow! Jeez, dang! Yeah, come on. I know. we got an explicit rating, but uh, easy. <laughs> I'll, I'll say something like, breaks. "I'll yeah. be like, what the ding dang is going on in here?" You went through a no swear period, right, Dave?
3: Hmm.
2: I a remember kid? you in, yeah. in school. I remember when I first met you. I think you were a no swear. Uh, no swear. But, like, you enjoyed listening to things with swears. Yeah, yeah. But I think you were that. no, 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 no. This is my... Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's possible. I might have thought it was a bit low in, in terms of... Uh, I thought... And, yeah, my parents didn't encourage us to swear. We were allowed to swear if we were sp- telling something in context. So, like... Okay. So, if I was telling a story and the person swore in the story... And not, not my own story. Like, if I was repeating something that happened and, like, one of the people in the story swore as part of the narrative... Then I did not get in trouble for swearing, but if I if I just swore openly, then I don't know if I I don't know if I was actually a real no swear guy because I feel like I feel like my brothers and I but,
1: yeah the air went the air turned if,
0: blue around us but okay yeah. like if
1: something has a swear word in it and you're trying to say like a quote yeah uh, I don't know I don't do it like I might type it out I don't even like typing out <laughs> yeah. swear words honestly I don't uh, like doing it
0: I'm not it's a person not who a swears backwards. very much. I don't swear that often so. Mm-hmm. It's not a common thing, but I do swear. Yeah. And especially if I'm driving.
1: <laughs> um, I mean,
0: I don't look down on people who swear. And then, uh, and if I like, if I, if I drop something on my foot or something like that, you know, the you know motherfucker will come out for sure.
2: You know what I think? I think you shouldn't swear until after your wedding night. <laughs> and then after after you've been married, then, then it's okay. Because I don't that, know. That, help, that seems really open unfair. Open the dam and just let it all out. No, that, that seems unfair
0: swears. to your wife who has been with this person who has not sworn and has been kind of like, I kind of like the fact that this, that John, this imaginary person, doesn't swear. That's kind of nice. And then, after wow. you get married, suddenly the floodgates are open, and this guy
1: becomes like a well, sailor. the
2: horse is the horse is out of the barn with you and me. I'm just saying Nina's got
1: a shot here <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Bob swears and he he mocks me for not swearing. so
2: there you go. Given yeah, that wife, uh, marital peer pressure that's what I say
1: no exactly. you
2: know, be be who you are. that's what I say
1: you know like this is there's an obvious thing, but this is why i I don't uh believe anyone who says who's like caught saying like a racial slur on, on a, a stream or whatever and they yeah. say like oh like i i never use that word regularly <laughs> it just came out like i don't know what came over me i never use that word i'm like you liar <laughs> yeah because it wasn't naturally like come out of me when i'm caught off guard you're right it was in the you're front right. of
2: the cupboard yeah it was in the front of the cupboard it wasn't yep. in the back of the cupboard it yep. was the first thing you grabbed mm-hmm. and it was there with the bag of uh chocolate chip cookies it was right there in the front Grab, that's what it
1: was. I know I'm playing a game, I'm getting panicked, I go, oh, shoot, 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 or dang. I don't suddenly start swearing.
2: I don't swear. Yeah, yeah. There's a problem there with saying shoot, shoot, because then you might be (laughs) instructing the other person
0: to shoot. You have to be careful when you use that expression. But yeah, I would, (laughs) to be honest with you, I would feel much more awkward or or ashamed of myself to use like a a racial epithet than to swear. You know, like, I I would never naturally. (laughs) I would never naturally use those words and I agree with mm-hmm. you, Nina, that yeah, when people do that, when they, when it slips into, into something they're saying, then yeah, you use that word a lot. Of course, Cause there's, yeah. there's, there's no way it. That, that just slips in. Like, yep. like I would never use the N word, like mm-hmm. in a normal day of, in a normal conversation. So it's very unlikely that that word is just going to slip into something I'm saying, you know, how
2: about in a rap battle? Would you use it in a rap battle? <sighs>
1: mm, no, you know what? No, I don't um, think I
0: feel very, I would be, be, I, I well, I couldn't be in a rap battle. That's for one thing. Like,
1: if you're doing, if you're doing, uh, if you're not black and you're doing a uh, karaoke with, like, N- a, like say with a rap word yeah. you yeah. shouldn't use it.
2: Yeah, when you start seeing "gold digger," plan yeah. ahead.
1: But you know what? You could replace it with Nazis. Um, that that's interesting, but <laughs> no, you replace it with the word cowboy. Oh, okay. Sorry, and this is
2: much better. I I don't know why
0: I never used the word Nazi. I don't know why that slipped out like that.
2: Yeah, Oliver's so Army by uh, Elvis Costello as well. Be very careful with that one; that'll sneak up on you.
0: Oh, he's but yeah. He has a a few um, words in that song that aren't nice. Yeah, but I, I mean, he's to, he, he's I, not he's not using them in a way that's defaming someone. He's using it in a way that illustrates how people think of you, people above yeah. you think of you. But yeah, it's. I uh, I, uh,
2: I used to live with uh, someone who had a pet that was a racial slur. Name the pet wasn't a racial slur. The name of the pet was a racial slur,
1: but it <laughs> oh, was like. Um, it, were you uh, were you removed with Lovecraft? What sorry? What's that? H.P. Lovecraft. I was yes. That's I was right. His HP.
0: dog. His dog had a had. Was it named the N word? Right. Yes. Yeah, this was a awful.
2: variation on that. Uh, that was not uh, much of a variation on that. Was it from uh, a Was it from a children's character? It was not. My it mom tried to name it? one of
0: our dogs that.
2: And I was like, oh, okay. uh, 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 uh. No, no. <laughs> This, of course, was done with, like, if you would confront the person about it. Well, it's so ridiculous. that It's clearly ironic. It's clearly, that, and it's like, yeah. yeah, but is it? But is it?
0: And it's why like, would you want to it? name your dog like an aggressively ironic name? Like, yuck.
2: This was a guinea pig, but yes. Oh, yeah. okay, sorry. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All pets it's are like, dogs still, me. It doesn't make it better. Yeah.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it's like. That's well, weird. Uh, the dog I had with my, with my uh, ex, Kuma. Yeah. We almost named her Blondie uh, after the Good and the Bad, the Good the Bad and the Ugly yeah. character. Yeah, that's cute. The nickname was Blondie. He's cute, right? Yeah. Until I found out it's the name of Hitler's dog. Oh, well, Hitler loved his or dog. Or it was. Yeah, but I don't want to have a dog named that, uh, with the same name as yeah, Hitler's dog. Right. That seems so, that's right. wrong. so, was Hitler
2: a fan of the comics, comic strip? Is that the whole thing? The I, think he he blonde?
1: Blonde. I think he just
2: liked
0: Blondes. I think he just liked the dog was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really named Blondie. It was named Blondie in German. German. So, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Well, what was it? I do not know. In German, uh, das, <laughs> Blondie. Das, das Blondie. Das yeah.
0: <laughs> Blondie. Oh, it's a neuter. It's a neuter. Das Blondie. It's a neuter uh, neuter one. Okay.
2: Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah,
0: I don't. <laughs> what's,
1: what's that story?
2: I, I like how we're all coming out against racial slurs. Good for us.
1: You know, it's, it, I know it's a controversial stance to take, but I don't think we should stand racial
2: slurs. And of course, the question of the week is going to be, what's your favorite racial slur? If you had to pick one.
0: If you had, if you had to.
2: Yeah, we're doing you know what? a Mary
1: of kill <laughs> I'm with, sorry, with hit,
0: racial slurs. The dog was named Blondie, but it was missing the e. That is, oops, I guess that is the German version of Blondie.
1: Okay. Well, how about for the question of the week? I've never done this before. I'm excited. Um, and, uh, how do you feel about swearing? Oh, that's good. There you go. Okay, that's good. I like it. What's your personal experience with swearing? All right, let me just write this down, as you know. After yeah, this
2: down. I used to. I used to be, you know, I wouldn't drink. Of course, didn't smoke. In no way would I ever use drugs, and I wouldn't swear. That was like part of my thing. Was just like this is mm. this is how I.
0: You were a straight, straight edge. only this. You were a nerd, so You weren't actually
2: straight edge. Yeah, I was a straight edge nerd, uh, <laughs> and then. And then I, yeah, I was a nerd to people who knew I was a nerd, but I could fake not being a nerd well enough in certain outside world environments because you could, you know, back then do that. Uh, But yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, I lightly started to drink and started to do the other things and uh, swearing. I just went through that '90s period of just like, oh yeah, yeah, you gotta swear uh, to the point where.
1: Sorry, no. Oh, I
2: was going to say to the point where I named a comic strip of mine something that I still go. And I'm like, I'm like, I regret it. So, huh. yeah.
1: Now I'm curious as to what this is.
2: Yeah. No, I'm not proud of it, so I'm probably not going to say it. But yeah. <laughs> Fine. It's uh... not it's not racial. It's just, yeah. It's just like, oh, who's being... It was like back when, uh, like, you know, one of the best-selling comics was Hate. It's like, yeah. we're going to call the book mm-hmm. Hate. And this is called Dirty Plot. And this one's called, you know, Cud. But it's like, ugh, Cud. It's like, come up with a shocking-esque name you yeah. know, for your thing, and that's how you do it now. It's like, all right, how about this? Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Mary, so I,
0: Mary Fleener's comic, Sletburger.
2: Yeah, that was, it was kind of the thing to do at the time. Yeah. Was yeah. To do, it was like a punk rock kind of thing. Sure. You know, just, you know, sure. you're the dead Kennedys, you're the butthole mm. surfers. You know.
0: Well, you can't, you can't
1: insult us surfer. if we,
0: if we insult ourselves <laughs> first, you can't insult us.
1: You know? Oh, yeah, that worked great. Well, no one ever, <laughs> I just want to say, no one ever, like, <laughs> pressured me to not swear or anything like that. Like, I just never liked it personally. Sure. And I grew up in a Japanese family, and there's no swear words in Japanese. And I don't think my parents knew what swear words were, like English swear words. How do you mean, you there's actually. Sorry,
0: how do you mean there's no
1: swear words in Japanese? There's no swear words. What if, I mean, there's, ru- there's rude words. But oh, okay, what if but you like, drop like, a hammer on you, your toe? What do you say? Yeah. What do you say? You yeah, say, like, ouch? Yeah.
0: No, I mean, you just might say or ouch, but you, but you would also say, like, I would be like, motherfucker.
1: Or
2: whatever, right?
0: No, like, there's Jesus no
1: Christ. No, no explicit, expletive like that, or something you could um, say like that in Japanese. Really? Okay, when
2: I'm yeah. watching anime and someone's screaming, what? they're not <laughs> screaming a swear?
1: Because they're <laughs> like, always no? screaming. I mean, like... Aren't they just generically screaming? This is, something, this is something a lot of localizers do. Sometimes they will put in swear words in English uh, for subtitles, just to, like, punch it up, you know? Yeah. No uh, one in to, Akira across. The
2: they went through all of Akira and they didn't swear.
1: Well, is it in the subtitles? I've never I watched Akira.
2: No. You've never seen Akira?
1: No, I've, I've not seen a lot of movies. I told you I'm going to keep saying this with a lot
2: of movies. <laughs> no, well, that's a surprise to me, that one. I mean, that's, you know. I
1: don't watch a lot of movies. Okay. All huh. right. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there might be swear words in the English subtitles, but that's just, like, um, the, the translator's choice is okay. to do that. And okay. it used to be that, like, um, back when people did their own fan subs on VHS tapes, especially with something like Dragon Ball, um, People would often sneak in a lot of swear words just to make them sound like really cool and whatnot. And then they would get the uh, official translation and there'd be no swear words. And people thought that they were being censored. But that's Mm. not the truth. That's not the point. um, That's not the truth. It's the fact that the localizers had different interpretations. Uh, Yeah, there's no swear words in Japanese. There are things that could be interpreted into English swear words. Yeah. But it's not not the perfect um, equivalent.
2: This is fascinating to me. Yeah, that's really is, interesting uh, because, yeah, the,
1: the
0: idea of like transgressive language is, uh you know, I mean, it changes like, over time, of course. So a long time ago, people used religious words as swear words. So, you know, so we have things, you know, Jesus Christ or God's body or whatever. And
1: then like, there is a, um, uh, go ahead, sorry.
0: I was just going to say, and then, of course, it became more like sexual, sexual things became more taboo. So then that became like the swear words as fuck or whatever, or other bodily mm-hmm. things like shit. So things that are like, mm-hmm. that we try to hide, right? Like no one actually fucks right, or, right. or goes to the back you know, takes a shit. So those are things that we, and then we, you know, and the words that that we've made into swear words are the, are the very like ancient language of those things, right? So we can say intercourse, but we mm-hmm. can't use a, an ancient, you know, an old, old English word like fuck, which probably comes from Norse. So, you know, something that reflected like, you know, the, the conquered, um, that the people who, you know, the conquered people who, who had been, you know, conquered by whoever came into England, you know, so, and they replaced like the language with a new, with a new language. So the old language fell away and, or became like taboo in some way. So, mm-hmm. and so, okay. yeah, it's really, it's, it's interesting to me that, that, in, and that in Japan, there's no sense of like transgressive language that's hidden and that you can't, you can't, you know, and that you can't say it like this, which is so much a part of English language, right? That. Where the words are like yeah. so important that we can't say them, or so, or so secret and hidden that we can't say them.
1: I guess it's just because of the big cultural differences and different history. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I have well. no doubt, But
0: it's just fascinating, isn't
1: it? It's just really interesting. Yeah, like, there's a word, Japanese word kuso, which okay. is often translated as S-H-I-T because it does mean poop. And it means it in a, in a more rude way, a more casual way. Sure, sure. Way. But it's not necessarily a a swear word in Japanese, so like you see it in used in like children's media all the time. Okay, it's not okay. a censored word. Sure. But it does get translated to the S word a lot. But it could also be C R A P. Or poop. Um or poop. Or it could be it's also sometimes translated as the F word. Actually, when you watch uh if you watch one cut of the One Cut of the Dead, which you should, there's a lot of <laughs> swearing in the subtitles. Yeah. That's not because they're swearing, it's because they're trying to convey that rough attitude that the character, um, okay. conveying through The way they talk in Japanese. So,
0: so in, J- in Japanese, there would be like, um, so in Japanese, you have different levels or different, I don't know how to say it. Like you have different, so you have like kind of a class based system of language. Oh, where, yes. So there's people who are superiors that you use different words for and people who are inferiors you use mm-hmm. different words for. And so are there like inferior people So, say like people who are farmers or sailors or you know jobs that we think of as being like done by, you know, people who aren't necessarily educated. um, Mm -hmm. Do they have their own kind of argo that they use that's more rough, kind of a more rough language? And so you said you know that you know those people were like from a lower class, if you want to say.
1: Yes, for sure. From the way they talk, Um, there's definitely way more different ways of speaking in Japanese compared to English. Okay, which makes it hard when you translate. Uh, stuff especially cartoons yeah yeah japanese english because like with uh japanese cartoons a lot of times you don't even have to see who the character is just from the way they talk you can mm-hmm. tell what kind of character it is but when you translate the english like for example there's so many different ways to say uh i in japanese okay but in english it's just i that's yeah, it yeah one yeah. Mm-hmm. way and there, uh, whereas in japanese there's like so many different ways that um that indicate the person the speaking person's gender their class mm-hmm um, what they are to the person they're speaking to it's yeah. just uh, there's so many different ways and then all that gets lost in translation of course so a lot of vocalizers will try to make up for that by putting in like i guess like class identifiers like adding swear words sure
0: and um dropping the g <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. I, like, I do that too when i translate japanese to english yeah yeah
0: yeah you don't... if I say if you say i'm going to the store that's different than i'm i'm going to the store yeah
1: yeah exactly mm. things, little, little things like that like that's, that's the best way to do it.
0: That's interesting. Or, I remember. I remember reading this um, interview with this guy who was translating Harry Potter into French, and he said there was no problem with the language translation. It was the attitude that was hard to translate because there's no equivalent in France of boys being a, being afraid of girls, you know, and, oh, be, really? and being mm. nervous about them and not wanting to approach them. Like that doesn't exist in French culture, so that's hard to hard to convey that attitude in a way that's natural to if you make it like it's a french thing you're reading right so you Mm. know you could make it like we're reading about england and how english boys are but you really want to if you're translating it, you want to make it feel like it's for french people to read about a french experience and so he said it's really hard to convey that naturally in the story and i thought that was very interesting
1: yeah, that's interesting. I guess there's not much of that in Japanese either. Like, there's no concept of cooties, certainly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I would translate that in yeah. Japanese.
0: No, well, because it's not, it's not. Yeah, right. Because it's not a, it's not just a, it's not just words. It's a, it's a, it's a whole mindset
1: mm-hmm, that
0: kids exactly. are, kids are taught. You know, boys are taught when they're young that girls are icky, and girls are taught that boys are icky, and then we have this, you know, broken relationship that we take on into high school, and it gets even worse. And then yeah. uh, you know, but it's yeah. To convey that, you have to like understand like the whole like Puritanical culture that we inherited, and how we you know how the whole kind of sex taboo that we we still labor under, and all that you know like body shaming, and how we feel about our you know sexual desires, and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah geez now i'm trying to think of like how would i translate <laughs> the term cooties in japanese like imagine trying to translate to, uh, it to a language that doesn't have that concept like what yeah. would you say yeah exactly yeah, oh these yeah. girls have germs i don't want like yeah, it's yeah. So weird germs, but it doesn't, isn't
2: bad yeah
0: but germs doesn't make yeah. it doesn't make it doesn't convey the idea of what cooties are cooties are yeah. cooties are a thing that only girls have that boys can get and somehow it's icky yeah. but how do you convey that because we only know that they're icky because no one wants cooties but what are cooties yeah. they don't exist you know it's just like this weird circular thing that you know and and yeah it's just weird like someone uh, oh yeah a guy at work the other day came in and he's like have you ever heard this before i'm like "What side?" he goes i see i see i i see london i see france i see or what or i see Paris, I see... I can't remember what it is now, actually. I yeah. see
2: London, I see France. Yeah.
0: I see so-and-so's underpants. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. an old expression. He goes, I've never heard that before. And I'm like, wait a second, you grew up in Canada and you never heard that? No, no, it's no. Weird. The more
2: interesting thing is, how did you hear about it this morning yeah what happened to uh, you yeah it
0: was like a facebook post and someone posted a picture that's all right and i guess the way that they were he was in a store oh no no yeah and so the way the person was standing in the picture someone jokingly said i see london i see france and they didn't finish it they just put that in and but he was like confused by it he's like what does that even mean and i "Oh, they i see so-and-so's underpants it's like an old kid rhyme you know like children's rhyme and it's like i've never heard that before (laughs) i was just like what Kind of where did you grew up in Iraq but I guess where he lived there was I don't know he went to Catholic school nope. I don't know if that explains it but it's there weird. was
2: no wonder pants I went to Catholic school and you know it and uh, <laughs> we, we did that we, we all said it in French probably too Montreal <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back uh, back things up a little bit and just cover a couple of topics we skipped over quickly okay. uh, the um, uh, famous shoes. In movies. <laughs> that uh, was
3: and, way back. Oh, man. Yeah.
2: I'm just going to get these out of the way. Sure. Uh, Forrest Gump had a pair of Nike shoes that he used yeah. to run across the country, and those became very popular. Okay. The, the shoes that he used. As I mentioned before, the shoes from Back to the Future 2, they did uh, exist later on. Uh, and Air Jordans from Do the Right Thing became very popular. They were popular already. I was going to say they would have been so.
0: popular already. I don't think they that...
2: were popular already, yeah. but after Do the Right Thing, that gave them a cultural boost where they became even more popular. And the idea of scuffing them, like I understand, like if you're kind of in the urban centers, you'd get, ah, don't scuff these. But this then became a mainstream thing where people went, ah, Air Jordans, I see. This is the thing. So there's that. Okay. The, the other thing was, I was trying to think with Akira, did we ever do an Akira parody when we did Bart manga in uh, in The Simpsons? So I was like, oh, let me just look up if we di- if we did that. And then yep. I found a Screen Rant article about our comic.
3: <laughs> what?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, Screen Rant uh, did a thing about, like, Bart Simpson went full manga as a rocket-powered robot. And, uh, yeah, did an article about the uh, the comic that you and I did for uh, Simpsons oh, Super okay. Spectacular. So I sent you a link to that Oh, thank well.
1: you. You did make me draw the bike from Akira.
2: Good. Okay. I thought so. That All one. right. Yeah. Very good. But that's it. All right, there. Now I've covered all those topics. We can move on with our lives.
0: I've never, I've never uh, seen the movie either. But I also drew the bike yeah. for for it for uh, the cover of a fanzine one time. <laughs> Someone wanted me to do a an image, and so I, I did a kind of um, a combination of like the explosions from Akira with with him riding on the, the bicycle or the motorbike. I, she,
1: like, I guess you've never done a sneaky dragon parody of that famous poster where he's walking to his bike. No, I haven't.
0: I've. I've only the only one I've ever done uh, that's sort of manga related was the one for uh, uh,
1: Attack on Titan. Attack on yeah. Titan, yeah, yeah, and
0: that was mm. based on your suggestion. <laughs> that's the only reason mm-hmm. I did it, just because well, I'm, I'm not really conversant discuss. with, uh, you know, like I like Inuyasha, as you know, but
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I've read I've read most of Monster before before whoever is giving me the books for my birthday and Christmas stopped doing that. I keep asking for it. Can I get book five and six of Monster? <laughs> Let me finish <laughs> this thing. But anyway, yeah, it's a. Uh,
1: have you uh, checked out that sequel to Inuyasha?
0: I didn't know there was a sequel. Uh, also by uh, Rumiko. Uh,
1: yep, it's by her. Oh. It's about their kids. <laughs> really,
0: their I have kids haven't with to, a bunch of characters. I, I still haven't got to the total end of uh, Inuyasha. By the way, I still have to finish. Okay. It. and they're all girls too. Good, so. good. Are they all drawn in sexy ways that seem inappropriate when you're reading them uh, when you're growing up?
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. Okay, from what I know about it, it's just oh, weird. Uh, it's just weird to read. See, there you go. That's
0: a, that's an interesting thing about Japanese culture there too like when you're re- it does it kind of disappears in the later books but in the early ones like there's a scene of of the the main character the main the main the heroine of the story i don't know i can't remember her name now sorry but she's uh like i think i don't know if she's bathing nude but she's like bathing semi-nude in a in a pool like and in, in the yasha, mm-hmm. and uh she's being spied on and you're and you're spying on her too because you're reading <laughs>
1: you're, kind well, of like, it's a, you're like Jesus, very this kind is of
0: trope. Like, <laughs> This is like a little girl. Like she's not
1: not even like she's like a preteen almost. So, yeesh. That's a very very common trope. Is that and, right? Oh, in okay. Japanese uh, cartoons, yeah. Okay, actually, actually it, um, sorry, what were you gonna say.
0: I was just gonna say because that, that Japanese horror movie House, which is a very good movie by the way, if you if you like horror movies, or if you don't like horror movies, you should still see House.
1: No, I do want to see House. Oh, it's very good. I, uh, I want to see it at some point.
0: I like it so much. I want to get the Criterion version of it. Um, but uh, there's a scene where like the. They went. The one girl ends up being like dr- sort of drowned. I, it's hard to remember exactly. It's a very dreamlike film. But yeah, she's naked in the scene. I was watching. It, I was thinking, isn't she like a teenager? <laughs> Japanese people, come on! But that's <laughs> that's a part of it. I guess is like they, they just yeah they don't. They're more casual about nudity. Yeah, they're more casual about yeah. that stuff.
1: Us up, of, uptight Westerners. Yeah. Speaking of nudity, actually. Um, we were all right. Sneaky Dragon After Dark. Uh, <laughs> you know, how, like. Panty shots are so prevalent in Japanese cartoons. Mm-hmm. What shots are you, sorry? P- panty shots. Yes, yes. Like Where shots you can see or... London, you can see France. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is what made me think of it, actually. I can uh, see
2: Tokyo, I can see Osaka, I can <laughs> see right up here. Yeah, okay,
0: go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, go Finish. watch it, please. Yeah, I want to hear what, what was going to run uh, with Osaka. Where, where,
2: you go, where you go, Kaka.
1: Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay. right. Not bad. Not bad. Let's not get skyological here. I just <laughs> want to talk about panties. Okay, so uh, it's, it's a very well-known trope in anime man- manga, and it, it gets, you know, parodied a lot. Mm. And people are like, oh, anime, it's so it's so pervy. There's all these panty shots everywhere. Yeah. But uh, this, the whole concept of, like, panties uh, being sexualized came from uh, Western society, actually, because it used to be that um, in Japan they didn't wear underwear. And then when like Catholic missionaries or whatever came to Japan, I've seen seen Silent the Silence. I haven't. I have not seen that, so I don't know what you're talking about. But uh, when Westerners started going to Japan, they were like, "Oh man, these people don't wear underwear. That's dirty. Don't you know how shameful your genitals are? You got to cover up." So they introduced the concept of underwear. Thanks a lot to
0: them. Thanks a lot, Europe
1: yeah and because of that, they started uh, Japan started seeing underwear as like a, as like a sexy thing, yeah, yeah it's like, oh, like oh, genders are, are shameful, huh? Yeah. Well, cover it up, and then you don't see underwear anymore and then it's <laughs> <laughs> even sexier, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just interesting how like what society shames uh, Japanese cartoons for being yeah, yeah so fetishistic about underwear yeah. when that came, that was because of Western interference with Japanese culture?
2: I'm just picturing now that it's like it's the manga meeting and they're just like, let's put some underwear in there because that's really sexy. And it's like, listen, there's no bad ideas today. If anyone's got any ideas, and one guy puts up his hand and goes, hey, I got an idea that was a octopus. Oh, okay. Well, once again, that, <laughs> Here we that, go.
0: that's something that grew out of censorship where you couldn't show people having sex. So the author used aliens as stand-ins, stand-ins for, for sexual identifiers. And so the aliens had tentacles and that, that became a thing. Yeah. But it's nothing, it was just because of censorship. If you could have just had like a man and a woman getting it on, he would have, but he wasn't allowed to. So
1: that's how, yeah, that isn't that how, uh, is that funny how that works? How the more you try to censor things, <laughs> the, the worse, worse it makes it. things get? Yeah. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I want to catch it. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It, isn't yeah. it strange? Like when you repress people's feelings and natural <laughs> urges, they come out wrong. Isn't that strange? What's, what's wrong with us? Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird.
1: Well, so, I censored myself not by weird. not swearing. I came out all right, I think. Right there. Uh,
2: <laughs> listen, Here's, it's it wait. Was someone saying something? <laughs> <laughs> this is completely out of nowhere and nothing. But what?
0: What is a sneaky it dragon? Was
2: something, it was something that I saw recently, and I went like, I should bring this up when Nina's here. Because right. um, earlier, earlier this in the time between your last birthday and this birthday, yeah, you had some viral fame with a drawing you did or a uh, you know some art. Of uh, Mr. Peanut uh, devouring his son, the, <laughs> yes, the, the, the baby uh, nut, baby nut, and it just made me. Uh, when I was looking that up, uh, something else popped up because it Vancouver and artist came up, and then what came up was the Vancouver mayoral race in 1974. Now, do you know what I'm going to bring up about that, Nina? No. Okay, Mr. Peanut ran for mayor in Vancouver <laughs> in 1974.
1: Oh. what I don't know yeah. this Yes. How come he lost well,
2: well, I didn't what? say that he lost under, uh, what is, <laughs> under what what was who like what
0: what uh, p- what party was he running for the peanut party or
2: uh, well let me let me tell you oh please do. Uh, okay, so it was nineteen seventy four and uh so it says here the salty dapper legume of Mr. of planter's peanuts fame threw his top hat into the Vancouver mayoral race in seventy four advocating sensible measures like hiring freezes for government jobs. Okay, until the city's population grew, while simultaneously uh, champion pushing for more library, the library to have umbrellas and rain boots for people. Okay, (laughs) it was just this guy who made himself a Mister Peanut costume. Yeah, and then uh, and ran, and he would do little tap dance routines when it was time for him to debate. And uh, William S. Burroughs showed up in town to promote a book yeah. and fell in love with this guy <laughs> and threw his full support behind him. And so uh, there's a picture of William S. Burroughs campaigning for Mr. Peanut next to the, <laughs> next to the creepiest Mr. Peanut you'll see outside of Nina's drawing.
0: He cannot <laughs> rate this stuff.
2: Yeah. And so uh, he won. Uh, he got uh, uh, 2,685 votes. And that's in 1974,
0: so that's like that's that's a third of the population of Vancouver at that time.
2: That was not, but it was a three (laughs) point four percent share. Uh, Well, how how much was it, three? It was a three point four percent share. That's pretty good. Yeah, it was, and uh, it was nothing to do with uh, the peanuts, uh, not peanuts, but the Planters Company at all. Yeah, yeah. It was just a guy who just made himself an outfit. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to send you guys both that uh, link so you can uh, have some nightmares. It is the, <laughs> the, it is the second <laughs> second most creepy uh, version of, uh, of Mr. Peanut that you will see. That but by the sense. way, if anyone's not seen Nina's drawing of uh, Saturn devouring his son, it's also incredibly disturbing.
1: Yeah, that was in the before <laughs> times, February 2020. That makes
0: yeah. That makes me miss uh, the days when it was cheap enough for someone to they could just throw their hat into the mayoral race. Any old time, you know. Nowadays, they they they've made it so prohibitively expensive to run as a mayor, like to do a. So no one, no one, just for the hell of it, does a Mister Peanut anymore. Which is, which is too bad. I mean, I think, I think when people get serious about stuff like that, it, it kind of loses, it loses its fun, you know. So this is serious business. We can't have people running as Mister Peanut in a mayoral race, you know. I don't know. So what you guys do? I don't know how serious
2: it is, but anyway.
1: I think the best thing that came out of the. My Mister Peanut drawing is uh, Phil Lord added me to his Twitter.
2: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, you got uh, currently 120,000 uh, likes for that.
1: Oh my god, I haven't looked at it in a while. Yeah. Oh, and, that uh, the whole campaign was such a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it fascinates me how terrible that campaign is. It's still going on. Too. Have you seen what happened to him most recently? No. Well, he's
2: an adult yeah. again, right?
1: Well, he's a uh, yeah. He, I, I guess he's an adult. Uh, adult. Or as I pronounce it, um, he's 21 <laughs> years old now.
2: Wait, so he's, no, he's not 21. He might look 21, but he's not 21. No, he's 21. 21. No, because 21 years have not passed. No, he's 21. Wait, did, so did his death happen 21 years ago and we're just learning about it now? Okay,
1: here's what happened.
2: So, Please tell me.
1: So he was baby nut for a while and everyone hated him. If you went to, his uh, Twitter account run by um, people who don't know what they're doing. All the replies to the, his tweets were just, like, people going, like, die, I hate you. people uh, were posting pictures of nuts getting crushed, peanuts, um, and pictures oh, of peanut that's butter. Good.
0: That's good. I just thought it was a bunch of, a bunch <laughs> of uh, YouTube fail videos being put on the No,
1: no, no. No ball busting. Um, and then one day, uh, he became um, Peanut Jr., and they debuted him by putting up an ad where he goes to a bar and shows uh, ID, an ID card to the bartender.
3: Yeah, right.
1: Prove that he could buy alcohol. Yeah. And then people, were, uh, he's like, "Yep, yeah, I'm 21 now." And then people were replying to the, the tweet going, "Like, what? What happened? Like, you're 21 years already." And he was, and he would reply to them saying things like, "Yeah, like, boy, time sure uh, flew by this year, huh?" Oh, and just like, shut it's-
2: up. Because things are so bad that we all yeah. age. Well, that's yeah. not how years work. You stupid. I,
1: I know. I don't <laughs> get it. It's so dumb. I hate him so much. I'm just. <laughs> like, I knew they were gonna do this. Like when Baby Nut came out. Uh, There's an article um, about the like the several marketing firms that came up with Baby Nut and this whole stupid campaign. Yeah. And they were saying they were saying like, oh well, uh, Baby Nut is always not always gonna be Baby Nut though. He's gonna grow up. We're not gonna say how or. Or when, but he's gotta grow up. We're gonna watch him grow up, and then uh, I, I'm guessing since nobody liked Baby Nut, they decided to like speed up the process. Yeah, it's it okay. like the worst possible year for them to do this. Okay, here's the <laughs> other thing. Uh, so,
2: okay, one again, the peanut drinks. What the? Uh, okay, all right. Anyway, um, so <laughs>
1: well, oh wait, they peanut also they also released beer beer peanuts along with the uh, debut baby uh Peanut Junior. They're like peanuts infused with like this really cheap brand of beer. Oh, and my God. It sounds terrible. Yeah. Sorry, okay, go well, on. I,
2: and I have wa- I watched the Bill Oakley. He's got a, you know, it's a fast food reviewer and The Simpsons writer. And he's really promoting this old thing of, like, putting peanuts into Coke and then drinking it. And like, it's great. It's not what great. You just know it's not great. No. I have <laughs> like, not really, seen this. He's really pushing that. Yeah. Okay, but wait a second. Let's just go with this whole Peanut Junior bullshit. So <laughs> uh-huh. Is he saying that he's his own son? Because he's Peanut Junior. Meaning his father was also a peanut, which, of course, it would have to be because he's a peanut. Um, but it's, it's the idea that he is pretending to be his own son, even though he is the reincarnated spirit
1: of himself. Is this what's going on? I mean, you could, you could ask him yourself. OK, I Do just am
2: reading here that the decision resulted in a mo- in much more vi- volatile reactions than the baby nut campaign.
1: Oh, yeah. People <laughs> with, hated
2: with a, it. Tweets encouraging others to block Peanut Junior's account uh, going viral. <laughs> wow. Yeah, block Mr. Peanut
1: uh, trended heavily.
0: So, wow. were, why were were people like angry that they killed Mr. Peanut?
1: No, they hated how like obviously um, manufactured
0: mm. baby Peanut was. Like, yeah.
1: okay, so Baby Yoda like no one expected that to blow up so fast. Yeah, and it's so um, so big, and uh, they, they obviously tried to like. Um, do something like Baby Yoda or Baby Groot yeah. by come it with Baby Nuts <laughs> but just so like non-risky design wise it, it felt like something that was made by a committee it was no just so shit, obvious yeah. yeah so I think that's why people hate it it just seems so fake yeah and nobody liked it and now he's like even less cute <laughs> like why would you want this why would anyone want this he's well now I, he's they're trying I, to make him handsome yeah in Discord but he's got these freckles yeah He's like, I'm looking. He's Archie. Yeah, he's yeah. Like it's Archie. like a classic, uh, like really retro idea of what a teenager looks like.
4: Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Know, this feels. This seems weird. Like you have like a classic mascot, you know, with your top-hatted, monocle-wearing peanut. I mean, that's that's you know, like that's like you know, it's a sort of iconic. And then you kill it. <laughs> you kill your iconic mascot. I don't know. This seems like a weird. It doesn't does feel kind of strange, doesn't it? And you have like obviously no like plan? Like, no, there's no, like... Maybe they did have a plan, and they had to kind of curtail it because of everyone's outrage, but...
2: Now, did she Mr... Uh, am I remembering oh. this wrong, or was Kool-Aid Man at the funeral?
1: He was. Um Kool-Aid Man's... <laughs> okay, I know this very well. Kool-Aid Man's tear is what gave uh baby Nut Life. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture now of of,
2: yeah, Kool-Aid <laughs> Man, he's next to Mr. Clean, and what appears to be another mascot, but I don't recognize who she is. She's Or maybe she's just a goth woman. You
1: know what? I bet they tried to get as many corporate mascots as possible. To and get they couldn't get
2: Charlie Tuna? I mean, he's he was there for that food fight movie. What, is <laughs> he saying no?
1: I also want to remind you is that it? Kool-Aid Man went missing earlier this year. Do you remember that campaign? No. Would he owe <laughs> some money to someone? <laughs> I were like, oh no, kool Man is missing. I think they wanted to do like kind of a death of thing, but they didn't want to kill off uh, the kool no, man. right? He can't uh, die. So, He's a jug of juice. Yeah, so uh, he went missing for a while and they're like, oh, if you find out where Mr. Kool-Aid went, then you win a, a vacation. Now, this happened right when the pandemic started. Yeah. Nobody cared that he was missing, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Yeah,
2: also, yeah. he can't and, get
1: back. He shouldn't have left the country. <laughs> I just have a question. Whoever won the vacation, I wonder if they were able to go on a trip at all.
0: If Mr. Kool-Aid, if, the, if Mr. Kool-Aid's jug is empty, is Mr. Kool-Aid gone?
1: Okay. First no. of all, his name is not Mr. Kool-Aid. It's a Kool-Aid man.
0: Oh, sorry. Kool-Aid man.
1: Sorry. Also, I did okay. see the meme going around saying like, oh, is the Kool-Aid man the juice or the jug? Yeah. Which I don't like that question because it's like saying like, are you your body or your blood? Yeah, that's
2: a good You're point. If, if you were offering <laughs> people your blood to drink, yeah. I would have to say that <laughs> you are your body. But, yeah, sorry, it's only Mr. Clean and... Okay, this bugs me now. Because it's just Mr. Clean and Kool-Aid Man as corporate mascots at the funeral. Yeah. They're the only two corporate mascots. And you're right. Have the freaking like, Tony the Tiger. How, no, well, no, you know no, no. I mean, the, the ones that they have in the
0: ad are probably ones that are parent corporations of whoever owns...
2: Oh, Again, owns the wise the Mr. Mr. Clean... No, Mr. Peanut. I mean, they're both Mr. I'll give you that. But <laughs> one's a cleaning solution. The other is clearly a snack food. So, yes... I could see them hanging out. Yeah, But, you know... Uh,
0: Mr. Uh, Mr. Clean is just paying his respects.
1: No, this is the saddest part. I oh. think they tried to get as many mascots as possible yeah. to get in on this campaign, and they couldn't.
2: Oh, they- no, no. Okay, go, go ahead, Nina, but I have a theory after this. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I think um, they tried to reach out to as many companies as possible, and a bunch of them just rejected them, because they knew how stupid this idea is. Okay, here's <laughs> the thing.
2: This is this is completely clear to me right now. Okay, First Sorry. of all, Mr. Clean, as you know, is gay. Mr. Clean, clearly, with the earring, gay. So that's fine. We're just going to take that off and put that to the side. I thought, now, I thought he was a ladies' man. Uh, they like him, but uh, nothing ever happens. Um, right. And clearly, come on, that build, that look, no dice. So here's the thing, though. You're saying that uh, Kool-Aid Man, his tear brought, brought, brought the peanut back to life. Yes. Well, why, why would his tear do that? They clearly have a relationship. And yes, they would. Mr. Peanut, he makes you thirsty. Kool-Aid Man shows up. They'd be at a lot of the same events. They clearly have a relationship. And the one mascot there that's showing up at his funeral is Kool-Aid Man. Of course, they're an item. They're a couple. And Mr. Clean is there because they go to the same bars. So they know each other in the scene. That's the only reason he's there. Now, Kool-Aid Man is, is crying his tear of love, which is juice. It's the Kool-Aid juice. That's going down. That's hitting him. And the only reason it's bringing him back to life is because it contains love. It contains the love of Kool-Aid Man. And so that brings uh, the little peanut back to life. I don't know if they can date when he's a baby. Probably not. Even when he's 21 and it's too young. But uh, yeah, no, they're clearly a couple.
1: Except I think um, Baby Nut himself confirmed on Twitter that this was not him coming back to life. Like, This is a new life. So he is the... He's, he's not, not the son. Yeah, of he's not Mr. He's not Mr.
0: Prince. Mr.
1: Peanut. No,
2: no. They go like, "Are you?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm Mr. Peanut." Like he just goes, "I'm the guy. I'm just him. I'm him reborn." Didn't they say that in the ad? I'm pretty sure they did.
1: No, I think there's a tweet that says otherwise. I don't know. Okay. Maybe they keep changing the story. Who cares? Okay. So
0: um, so it turns out that Planters is owned by the Kraft Heinz Company. The and so they also own uh, Kool Aid, so that's why Mr. Kool Aid is. That was
1: Kool Aid was kool there. I like I like that you keep calling me Mr. Kool Aid. I
0: I, I, I I did correct myself there, but uh, they they don't seem to have any connection to Mr. Clean, who I know is probably owned by Johnson and Johnson. I don't I don't know for sure, but
1: yeah, so. why is he there? That makes no sense at all. It's strange. By the way, <laughs> um, it it uh it was shown in this uh, Peanut Junior ad that he's an organ donor. <laughs> is very sweet.
2: Right. Good for him.
1: I don't know who needs what a peanut,
2: we... but uh,
1: so oh, someone
0: needs a
2: kidney need a and gets a know. peanut in there instead, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. And yeah, and and he, and a saved uh, Matt Walsh and Wesley Snipes after after an automobile accident. Okay. Oh, I'm just trying to see where you go. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just looking for him like saying I thought he just went, nah, fuck, I'm just the same dude. But anyway, I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. Fair yes. enough.
0: Do, you, do your research on the show before the show, Ian. Yeah.
2: And again, I love that we've like, uh, we've covered this because this is such a sneaky dragon thing to cover. <laughs> it's like really do a deep dive on some snack food. So we've
1: got yes, it. I food. Yes. This is all I wanted.
2: It's what our episodes are like. It's what our episodes are like.
0: It's a, at some point of the show, we get hungry. So we start thinking about food.
1: Yeah, that's how it works. The uh, shows are so long that it's, <laughs> mine's naturally start drifting. Exactly while I'm recording either. I saw my Invisalign in. Oh, okay. But I'm going uh, to my next appointment early December. Yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to get my next set of trays, and it should be my last set of Oh, cool. Trays oh, that's cool. And I'll be finally done with this.
2: Have it's you been like, happy with how it's turned out for you? So oh, far? yeah.
1: No, no, like the the change was, like, immediate. Like, within three months, I could I could tell that I no longer had the crossbite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's amazing. Yep. It was, was it, very fast. Was it painful? Nope, not at all. There wasn't much...
0: You know, it didn't have any kind of... Uh, often people have trouble with, the, the you know, the, your jaw or your jaw hinges.
1: Uh, nope. Uh, it was totally fine for me. Like, I, I had braces when I was in grade seven, and yeah. that was way more painful than this was. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So <laughs> if <laughs> anyone wants to get line, I highly recommend it. Although I understand if you are apprehensive about going to a place where you open up your mouth and have things put in your mouth (laughs) right now Now, i i am nervous every time i go uh to my ortho i did get a dental cleaning though yeah
0: i don't know are are dentists allowed to operate right now Yep, they are under the new under this new
2: uh yeah they've got precautions that uh, it is safe okay
0: that's good i I do feel i've been for two years so i need to go (laughs) two years yeah i know like,
3: yeah, I mean they made me too, feel Mary really no. bad
0: about my not not um fl- uh, flossing and, mm. and I, they every time I go there, they like scold me, and so they I shouldn't do that I finally i couldn't I couldn't bring myself to go anymore. <laughs> it's like okay you that I that just creates further problems exactly. So it's like I can't take it. This is made me too nervous. So, did mm. you confess I, I, I to like think. a
2: greater sin and then they take their mind off it? That's
0: right. I said I commit I confessed to killing Mr. Peanut. It's true, it was me.
2: Well, you probably saved some kids with nut allergies. <laughs> well, you know, at least
0: I could do. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: that's all right. That's all right. Um, so, I, I, uh, I, I just I, want
0: to say one more, one, one little thing before we, we move on to whatever right, we're going go to move ahead. on to, which is I have been, over the last little while, obsessing over. They have all these old martial arts movies on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I am just loving those movies. They're so great. I can't. What would you recommend? What would I recommend? Well, if you have Amazon Prime, you can you can just search martial arts, and the ones I like the best are well, obviously the Shaw Brothers films from the late '70s. I would recommend the the Return of the Sentimental Swordsman, that has some great uh, martial arts in it, just some great, and I was, the story is pretty good too. And then I was watching one last night called uh, S- uh, Soul of the Sword, and that was pretty good. A lot of them st- uh, star a uh, uh, martial arts. person i've never heard of before his name is t lung t i last name l u n g apparently it wasn't his birth name it was given to him he wanted he was a huge fan of the french actor alain delon and so he wanted a name that was like that and so when he he went to shaw brothers and he said can you give me a name that sounds like alain delon and so they said how about t lung and he's like okay that works so (laughs) so that became his name but like he's He's very good. Like he's very good martial. He started acting in the movies in the late, late sixties. But a lot of the ones I've been watching are from the late seventies. And he's still like super, like really good. It's a bit different though. Like our martial arts is a lot, a lot faster and it's more kind of more physical, like more, I don't know how, it's not dynamic, I guess it's more, more action to it. Whereas in those films, it's much more like stylized, almost slow, slow choreograph where they're like doing these almost routines and I mm-hmm. guess the art of it was like how they could go through these very much formalized poses and stuff as they're fighting each other. And there's a lot of like sword play and fighting with weapons, not just uh, hand-to-hand combat, which became more popular and later on. And so that's part of it as well. And t Long is also a really good horseman. There's a film called The Avenging Eagle, which I also enjoyed, where he plays like a reformed gangster, like a, for- or a member of like a bandit gang a lot of these are like taking place in like feudal feudal china and uh so that was quite good yeah and then the other one that are fun to watch are these ones like uh, the executioners from shaolin it's called and what's curious about those movies is i guess they're based in like kind of historical stories and so the people watching the movie know like the stories so they'll just like end like unexpectedly end like there's a scene where they're fighting this guy named Pai Mei. he's like an old man who's like a super good martial artist and, like, he's so powerful, like, when they kick him in the nuts, he just traps her foot, and they can't like, escape. <laughs> and he's, like, dragging him around by his testicles, I assume. But uh, there's a scene where, like, the character, like, finally conquers him, spoilers, at the end of the movie, and, like, kicks him down these stairs, and, like, Pai Mei is, like, starting to roll down these stairs, and then they just freeze, and that's the end of the movie. And then it goes, like, they defeated Pai Mei, and that was the end of whatever. And then you're like, what? What? And that's just, like, spoken by, like, a guy, like, obviously, like, they thought... They, when they made the English version they're like well no one's gonna know what's going on here obviously people you know who know like their history of like the Shaolin and, and all you know the sort of fighting the Manchu and whatnot they'll know like the story but no one else is gonna know so we better just like tell them what happened at the end of this that it's just on a weird freeze flame <laughs> freeze frame but they do it quite often like that and it's, it's kind of strange it's a very odd technique but I gotta tell you when the that Shaw brothers logo comes up where it's like the pebbled glass. And this looks like an office door that they painted Shaw Brothers on, and then and it and it kind of looks like people are w- walking around inside. I don't know. It's just, I just love it. Like oh, I just I mean, when I was a kid, uh, in um Delta, the the uh, Scott Road uh, drive-in on Fridays, they would play before their main movies. They would often show martial arts films from that mm-hmm. time period. That's how I saw like all the Bruce Lee movies and and uh, and then some other ones. So. So it always like makes me very uh nostalgic to see that and I've really been enjoying them. So I highly recommend if you have Amazon Prime everyone to type in if you put in T Lung T I L U N G you will find these films or just put in martial arts and you can search through and 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 find them but there are a lot of fun and uh the best ones are the ones that are with subtitles but some of them are unfortunately uh dubbed which is awful but just cuz no one knows no one knows how to dub a movies properly so you know, like they think they think the characters are gangsters, so then they should speak like gangsters, like a like North no. American gangsters, you know. So like, sure. yeah, I'm a gangster, see? And you're like, oh, he's got a sword. What are you doing? You know, ah, you know.
2: I got my sword with, your, with my <laughs> testicles
1: now, see? Yeah, who's the big yeah, uh, prime? Who's top the big man? of the man?
0: world,
1: <laughs> What well, you she- should have done is add some swear words in there. <laughs> that's right. Like, uh, yeah. balls. Ah,
2: balls.
1: Yeah, no, they're all. Words, it's see? all quite good, and uh, uh, Oh no, another good one was Fiddle called
0: um, The something of the broken sword. That was the first Robert. one I watched, and that was really great, because the guy would T Lung was this is the first time I saw a movie with T Lung in it, and he would like fight people with his sword and then he'd stab them and then break off the, the tip of the sword in them. And so his sword was getting shorter and shorter through the movie, but he was still like so great that even though his sword was small, he could still he could still, you know. I, he was still like, like a kick ass guy. And then there's another actor, and I don't know his name, unfortunately. Um he's very different than T Lung. T lung very, like, very statuesque and very very uh you're very um balletic in his movements and stuff and this other guy is more like gymnastic and kind of and his, his parts are more kind of funny and and he's and silly and so he does a lot of like fighting with a lot of rolls and somersaults and flips and things like that and but he's always talking while he's doing it and that and he's really fun as well so uh he's often in movies with T. lung though like the avenging eagle he's in, in that one and the broken sword he's in it as a as a bouncer in a gambling den so yeah they're they're a lot of fun i, I recommend them
2: What would, uh, just out of nowhere, because you mentioned that one movie and didn't have the the full title, Mm. it just made me think of like movies that aren't martial arts movies but have the titles of movies that you wish were martial arts movies. Okay, so give me an example. Uh, The Sisterhood of the Travelling Pants. (laughs) Okay, that's good. I would like that to be like a sisterhood of martial artists uh, that all have a pair of magic pants, and uh, when they wear the magic pants, they are invulnerable and can fight, Mm. and they travel Mm. around together. I would like to see that film. Executioners of... uh, Oh, sorry. I'm going to make that a a question. Just like, what's a movie (laughs) title (laughs) that would be really great if it was a martial arts movie? There.
0: Huh, how about... uh... That isn't. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, okay, go
0: ahead. No, no, that's fine. I was just going to joke, make a joke, so that's fine. Oh, well, uh, But I was going to say no, that there is an actress named uh, Lily Lee who's in a lot of these films as well, and she's a really good martial artist. Oh. Uh, does some really great uh, fight sequences and stuff like that. So, yeah. It's fun to watch. Um, I guess they had a little, little bit of a rep- repertory theater, or like a repertory company, I should say. So they had a lot, a lot of actors that reappear and reappear in their movies. All, all the, I mean, they made... They made thousands of these movies. I mean, they started in the late 60s, and they probably produced like 10 movies a year. So there's, just a, there's a gajillion of these movies. But some of them are boring, but a lot of them are great.
2: Uh, I'm going to tell you a quick Steven Seagal story. And I can't say the name of the friend who did this, because, you know, I don't want to get them in trouble. No. But they did a movie with Steven Seagal, and he was an asshole. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, famously. He would be, he, when he would fight uh, in the movies... Uh, he would tell the stunt person he's fighting with or the person he was fighting with he was going to do something, but then he'd do something else, he'd do an extra move and just to get that realism in there, and he would actually hurt the stunt person and, uh, and he <sighs> knew and my friend knew that he would often one of those moves was a kick to the balls. He would just do a kick to the balls. And so knowing this, yeah. on a shoot, he got some chain mail. And uh, padded himself up with the chainmail. Okay. And, and they did the scene. And sure enough, here comes the surprise foot that should not be going where it's going. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it uh, hit the chainmail and basically <laughs> came close to breaking Steven Seagal's foot. But he couldn't complain yeah. because he wasn't supposed to do that move.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's uh, Steven Seagal. He'll kick you in the nuts.
0: In <laughs> the Mr. Peanut, prepare,
2: pr- prepare for that. Yeah, and your and your uh, Peanut Juniors,
0: <laughs> right? In your baby nuts.
2: This is something that I talked about. I think on a previous episode, but uh, I, I watched a Karate Kid three. Yeah, and and it had a, had a scene in it, and it reminded me of Nina because um, since I've met Nina, I've become much more aware of uh, friendships over romances in movies. Oh, and why, why, more- is this the
0: bugbear of Ninas?
2: Well, I, we should talk about her like she's not
0: here. Are you here, Nina? Cricket. There we go. Okay. <laughs> no, sorry, Nina. I did ask you a question. Is that a is that a particular hobby horse of yours, that of romance or or friendship oh, in movies?
1: Like when I was, especially when I was a kid growing up, um, I never liked it when there was um there would be like a boy and a girl uh, leading a story and it, they got together in the end. I yeah. just want. To be friends, yeah. Like, yeah. I, oh, I, I never see. like the concept of oh, there's a boy and a girl and they're friends. Well, yeah. You gotta end up romantically interested with each other at okay. the end. I'm like, no, just let them be friends. Well, that's
0: terrible because then they're gonna get cooties.
2: <laughs> exactly. So when I see objection, yeah. When I see <laughs> movies that avoid that, like I watched Goonies for the first time. Yeah. Uh, a little while going, Hey, okay, they don't do that. That's that's good. Mm. People are friends are friends. That's nice. Yeah. And so watching Karate Kid three, I thought like, oh, here comes the thing where. You know, he's he's meeting a new girl, and here it goes. And she goes, I've got a boyfriend. And he goes, oh, okay, and he's out of town. Okay, so you're thinking, like, at one point, he's going to, like, be an evil boyfriend, and she's going to break up with him, and she's going to end up with Ralph Macchio. And, like, nope, the whole movie, they just go through, and they're friends, and they're friends, and that's it. And they have a nice scene, like the end, where at one point, you know, uh, he does something wrong, and he goes, and now I've blown things with you. He goes, no, we're friends. You can do something stupid. We're still going to be friends. Like, oh, this is really well done. Well, this is very surprising for an 80s movie. This is shockingly, uh, it's not a good movie by any means, but this is a shockingly good part. Then I read read up on it and found out, oh, what happened was they're shooting the movie and realize she's 16. Ralph is 27. Mix on any romance. Quick rewrite. And now they're just buddies through the movie. Okay. But coincidentally, they made it uh, a better I've movie.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That, well, I mean, I like that they were sensitive to that. I mean, it feels like there's so many movies where the age difference between the, and obviously always the male actor. And then the, the actress is so, so, so wide. It's, you know, it's a little disturbing. Never the you know? other way around. Rarely. I mean, I guess it does happen. Harold and Maude. <laughs> the, point of
1: the, the exception is. that
0: proves the rule.
1: <laughs> but it's a movie where, or the story where it's about, uh um, a kid being seduced by an older woman, like say uh the graduate, the famous example, mm-hmm. then yeah, that happens. But when it's not, then it's always the guy that is older. You know
2: what I liked was yeah. in yeah. yeah, in um the T V show uh Legion, uh Jermaine uh, Clement is, is in it and he's involved with a woman who's in designing women.
1: Yes. For yes.
2: Gene it's, smart.
1: It's, uh, Jem- Jemaine, by the way. There's no R in there. Yeah.
2: Very good. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Clement, I'll call him just to not get in any trouble. Uh, but yeah, there's almost like a 20-year age difference in there. And they, there's a reason for it in the story. Mm-hmm. He was frozen in, in ice. But, you know, they have a, they have a relationship. She's clearly old. And it's never, it's never a thing at all. It was just this one little extra bit that's in this uh, TV show that I really liked. that it was like, hey, that's good. Good for you guys.
0: I never finished uh, that show, unfortunately.
2: Oh well, it's there whenever, waiting for you whenever you want to see it.
0: Is it? Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah,
0: when it was on, I was just too exhausted to be able to watch a TV show.
2: It is an exhausting uh, final season. A lot of stuff happens. (laughs) Okay, I don't think I got to the second. It was weird. I watched uh, New Mutants recently as well, and just went, "Oh man, Legion was good."
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said. Well, that
2: one set movie, boy. So, uh, Nina, we're gonna read some letters now. Uh, is there anything you want to mention before we read letters?
1: Um, first of all, like um, I noticed that like the letters or comments on the the, the website have gotten very long recently, which oh I think my is God, really you're cool. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but sometimes I feel um, I feel bad for you when you like have to read like fifteen comments that are all like three paragraphs long. <laughs> Uh, and I was wondering, like, do you want me to read them for you this time?
2: Oh, I'd love that. Yes, please. Thanks, Dan. Sure.
1: Just, all you right. can uh, interject if you want to make a comment. Oh, God bless and... you, Nina. This is the greatest
2: birthday present of all.
1: <laughs> Nina, yeah, thank dude. you. No problem. No. Like, go ahead oh. if you want to interject. Um, I feel like there's not much I can add as a response to these comments. So I'm afraid great. of fading in the background. So I will read these for you. Oh, bless That's your great. heart.
2: So, well, shall okay, I begin? go for it.
1: Yes, please. Yes. All right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kick back and relax.
2: I'm so going Fer- to ta- do my taxes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, geez. Is that coming up? Uh, no, it's not. I've actually just... <laughs> it.
2: Okay, go okay.
1: ahead. Ferg says, thanks for the show, guys. When you mentioned attractive cartoon characters, for me, Penelope Pitstop immediately came to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Nina speaking. I wanted to say that she was designed by Iwao Takamoto, who is most famously known for designing the Scooby-Doo gang. Oh. an American-Japanese oh. artist. Okay, cool. Yep, very notable. Thank, um, you,
0: for, thank you for highlighting that.
1: That's one bit of trivia I learned from What a Cartoon. Uh, I guess my fiancé Bob does. Anyway, uh, I really liked her boots. Ooh, more footwear stuff. Uh, <laughs> I also had a huge crush on Melody from Josie and the Pussycats because I love the drums, and I didn't see many women besides Karen Carpenter playing them in the 70s. Mm. Is that true? Yeah, there's not
0: very refer- many. I mean, there's, yeah, there wasn't, there, wasn't a lot of, uh, there wasn't a lot of female bands from that time, and, and most bands that had, had women in it had males as the backing musicians.
1: It does use a lot of arm strength. It is tough. I used to play <laughs> drums. But I mean, uh, Karen Carpenter okay. is a
0: really good drummer. Like, really good drummer. Okay. She played, like, she started as a jazz drummer and then, you know, kind of...
1: Uh, sadly, my favorite stand-up comedian when I was a kid and well into adulthood was Bill Cosby. I love the Fat Albert cartoon, and one day while rooting around my dad's records, I found two Bill Cosby albums and I recognized him from the show. I listened to them over and over until I was able to find other albums that were shown on the back cover and inner sleeve. I listened to them over and over... Oh, I she... I, shoot, up the, I, uh, no. No, wait. They <laughs> just wrote that twice. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you were correct.
2: He did. He did I listened
1: to him Vegas. over and over okay. and I was ecstatic when it was announced that he would be getting a TV show, which was required viewing for me. My love for him never wavered, and I finally got to see him in the mid-2000s, and he was great. But you know how this ends. I just cannot listen to him anymore after what he did. And I will leave it at that. To end yeah. on a happy note, oh, man.
0: No, I was just going to say, yeah, I, can, I was a big fan of, of Bill Cosby, too. My my uncle had a collection of his records, and I would always listen to them. And sometimes we would do the routines together. <laughs> so, yeah, do yeah,
1: the Bill voice.
0: What's that? Sorry, yeah, do you, do, you the do the Bill, bill coffee coffee voice. No, we would just do it as ourselves, you know. But we just just have fun with it, but because I just liked them so much, he would he would indulge me.
2: I memorized them all too. One of the one of the sad things about. Uh... Uh, you know, TV shows that's lost, aside from you know Fat Albert and, and Cosby, is uh, I Spy, which is a great show. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to again, to be, yeah. it's it's like you just wish. Can we just deep fake his face out of there <laughs> and throw another voice on it yeah. so we can just watch the show again? I know it's the least thing that matters, but it's a <laughs> but it's a drag because you know there was no other real interracial shows back then where people were equals. And yeah. having adventures and it's like ah fudge. Okay, but please continue.
1: Um, oh, by the way, have you guys heard his cover of Sgt. Pepper? Yes, I have. I have no. that, I have that
2: record,
0: actually.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, it's exactly how you'd imagine it to sound.
0: <laughs> Very good. He had a record label uh, called... Um, it had a weird name. Shoot, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, he had like like Deep Purple when they first came to North America were signed to his record label.
1: Hmm, I didn't know that. You but enough go. about Bill Cosby uh, to move on. Uh, to end on a happier note, I just wanted to thank you both for Totally Tintin. I had a subscription to Children's Digest in the 70s, which ran the Tintin stories in a serialized form, which I didn't know until later was how they were originally published. I adored those stories, but I totally forgot about them until my 20s. Hmm. I don't know what reminded me of Tintin then, but I was able to read all the stories. I had no idea how many of them existed. It was lovely to revisit them again with both of you and and also discover more about Hergé and what was going on in the world when those stories were originally published. I have heard Asterix mentioned a lot with Tintin, but I never heard of him until the '90s and haven't read any yet. But I had the first three books reserved at my library because I am covering the Atari 2600 Asterix game <laughs> on my own podcast. Cool. <laughs> I figured. Oh, I wonder what podcast it is. Yeah, I figured it's like it was stepping
2: on your boyfriend's uh, yeah. toes here.
1: We heard of Retronauts. <laughs> uh, I, I figured it was time to read them, but I may not have. I may not have if you guys didn't mention Asterix so much. Cool. So Help you. Guys- uh, Mention asterix.
0: Well, we we do like asterix a lot. So, I mean, I that's be one of my, you know. Speaking of someone who didn't read superhero comics, and you know, so you know, besides Archie and Richie Rich, asterix and Tintin comics were obviously my ones that you know that I loved as a kid.
1: So, so thank you both once again for all that you do. I'm glad you also did a terrific Beatles podcast. So I was able to find you.
0: Oh, ah, cool! That's great. Glad that you enjoyed our like sidecasts.
1: And Scott McGinnis says, Hi, sneakers. Hope you enjoy Can, I just, can are, I just say uh, one
0: more thing before you go on? Sorry. Oh, sure. Uh, so, Ferg's um, podcast is called 2600 Game by Game Podcast. And if you go to 2600 Game by Game blogspot.com, you will find the podcast there and you can uh, listen to it. So, if oh, you're interested cool. in a podcast that is an overview of every game made for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred in excruciating detail. That is where you won't want to go.
1: Uh, I don't. I'm I just using his own description.
0: Experience. I'm not. I'm not ed- editorializing. That is his own description of his of his podcast.
1: I don't have much uh, experience with Atari games, but I do like Outlaw. That's the the cowboy game. Okay. Okay. More like two pretzels shooting at each other. It's a Look it up.
0: Sounds great. Well, I mean, I had a, I had a. I had a, the beginning, like the first Atari home home console. Uh, by our family, we got there for Christmas. Uh, all three of the brothers got oh. it as a as a uh, you know all of us present. And uh, so I'm more than familiar with playing with very awkwardly shaped I- images, trying to manipulate a ball on screen.
1: Yeah, just giant squares that form some <laughs> yes. kind of image. At least <laughs> yeah. trying to. Do. Yes,
0: yeah, if you're playing a game, and you're just like, I guess it's basketball.
1: I guess, I don't know. I, I do love those sound effects, though, and the music.
0: <laughs> do you remember um, for Totally Tintin? I used a video game. Video game. I used a Tintin yeah. on the Moon. Yeah, Tintin on the Moon. Do you know what console that was for? You you it's named 64. it at the time.
1: Sorry. The Commodore sixty four. oh uh, okay,
0: okay. There you go.
1: Yeah, I, I had that growing up. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. First computer.
0: That's funny. You never did. You, you didn't play that game. You just recognized the the sound, right?
1: Yeah, I just need the sound. I just love the sound of the Commodore 64, the sound chip they use. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I do love that song. I've not played the game, though.
2: And it was available for the Amiga, for the Atari uh, ST, the Commodore 64, MS-DOS, and uh, ZX Spectrum.
1: <laughs> oh, man, so many different all consoles. Those, all those great yeah. on, uh, consoles. Yep, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, released
2: in uh, 1987. There we go. That's cool. uh, This is the stuff I can look up when I'm not reading.
0: Yeah, Yeah, there you go.
1: oh yeah Just giving all this time to browse hey sorry Nina. so carry on with your no problem yeah I'll start from the beginning again Uh, Scott McGinnis says hi sneakers hope you and yours are all safe and well thank you when you asked about attractive cartoon characters I immediately thought of the Cadbury's caramel bunny from the Adverse (laughs) okay I don't remember that at all Um, I
0: think this is probably British only and Uh,
2: he does like give a link
1: Mm, okay okay uh, she she certainly did it for young Scott sexy (laughs) chocolate and chocolate suckiness all rolled into <laughs> one package. I <Ay>, caramba. <laughs> Years later, I found out it was uh, Miriam Margoyles, who voiced the advert. Now, I've got nothing against her. She's a fine actress and funny storyteller, but the bunny wouldn't have had quite the same <laughs> uh, effect on the whole generation of boys if it had looked like Miriam Margoyles. Here's I think Margoyles is her name. Oh, shoot. That's all right. I could be wrong. No, not Miriam. Mar- oh Mar- my
2: God! Yeah, I know what she's talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know her from Blackadder and many other things.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah Miriam Mar- 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 Margulies. Yeah, she's really good. I get, she's I get
2: where you're going. Yeah, Joan, no, she's excellent. She's an excellent actor.
1: Yeah, excellent. I like Margoyles as a name better.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. well, I used to love the old cartoon Margoyles Yeah, that's and right. And most of the Star Trek: The Next Generation cast in it, uh, all turning <laughs> oh, yeah. into uh, Miriam Margulies at night.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Here's a link, as I don't think the bunny made it to your side of the Atlantic. Yeah, yeah I don't correct. think we did. Yeah, no I don't. No, remember. and it is
2: a sexy bunny. I looked up the cartoons and uh it's not wrong.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I'm I'm yeah. seeing it now. I don't know what Miriam Margulies looks like though.
2: Yeah. She it's, you know, comedy kind of comedy a look. Yeah. She be she would be like a
0: housemaid like a or the cook in a house. Like if you had like a a comedy where you wanted like uh an actress to play like the the funny cook in a in a wealth, you know, in a mansion or whatever that you'd hire her for that role.
2: Okay. Or if I you're am, gonna like kiss a pretty girl, and like you turn around to like check your breath, and then you turn back to give a big smooch to the pretty girl, and then she's standing there, you'd go, "Get out, go!" go! Uh, be that, that kind of thing. Be mean. Be a mean joke.
1: Well, you got to be a, a sexy bunny in these ads. She
2: was. Oh, I would just close my eyes and think of the bunny. Yes. Uh,
1: when I was uh, moving on, uh, when I was growing up, <laughs> my favorite comic was Billy Connolly. It Mm. still is. I was born in Glasgow, and Billy is an absolute legend there. Obviously, I love the jokes, stories, and songs, but it was also really cool to hear someone who sounded like the people I knew. In those days, it was rare to hear regional accents on telly. It was still very much the BBC received pronunciation that was everywhere on screen. I remember learning jokes or songs from his records and telling them to my pals in school the next day. His Last Supper routine was just about the funniest, most scandalous thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Catholic relatives were outraged. They said it was blasphemous. I didn't really know what (laughs) blasphemous meant, but I knew if a story could provoke a reaction like that, it had to be something special. It's a fairly long routine, but I spent ages learning it and performed it many a time in the playground for my classmates. To this day, I can watch old videos of him and laugh so hard my face hurts. (laughs) That's great. By the way, I know it wasn't one of your questions, but definitely Morticia over Lily every time. (laughs) I agree. Thank you, Ian and David. You're both helping us all get through this god awful year. Keep Marvelous. on speaking. Thank
0: you, Aww. thank you. I don't know who Lily is. Lily from um, um, Lily Munster from the Munsters. She's oh, the matriarch okay. in the Munsters. Okay. yeah. They were two yeah. kind of weirdly concurrent shows, based with kind of a sort of gothic. Using uh, Munsters was more using the kind of classic horror monsters from like the Frankenstein. Dracula, the universal. Like yeah. Whereas the Adams family, Matisha Adams, was the the matriarch of the Adams family, and she and. Based on the Charles Adams cartoon, so less less kind of rooted in a in a in a you know movie monster thing, but just kind of more gothy. Right. Uh, well, you mentioned you saw the Adams monster. Family
2: movie, so yeah, you know. Yeah, you know the Adams Works
0: Family. Yeah, yeah. The TV yeah, I mean, show was very much like yeah, yeah. the movie, just a bit more, um you know. Obviously, it had a, sm- a smaller budget, more set bound. Hmm. Still good. And what's really cool is if you can if you look up Adams Family, uh, I don't know there's sh- shots of the set uh from the like, color shots mm. of the set it was it was co- it was it was colored for a black and white show but they had to paint everything in these weird colors to make them appear as they do in black and white for the television show and this is like the most garish weird looking thing you've ever seen so if you have anyone has an opportunity to to look that up i, r- I recommend that this is sort of interesting yeah they're beautiful
1: and mm-hmm. uh, weird yeah 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 it's
2: pretty
0: cool oh,
1: the adams family definitely beat the Monsters in terms of popularity in the end. <laughs>
2: yes. In the end, yes. Though there's been many a Monster T V show.
0: Mm. there's also Not the movie the, there. There's also the movie The Monster Squad. Uh
2: Monsters Go Home. Yeah. Uh, oh, so many Monster movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is there a Monster Mash? There's the, There's no Munster Mash. There's no, no Monster no. Mash.
0: There is the Steven Spielberg movie Munstrick. But anyway, <laughs> that's
1: all right, Edward Dragansky. <laughs> <laughs> and, Okay. Oh, we must okay. be near
2: the end, Edward Edward wrote. Okay, good. Oh, no, head. we're
1: halfway through. Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> he got in early again. <laughs> Before any commenting, I'm sending some positive thoughts and care for your cat, Ian. Is this Charlie? No,
2: uh, this is Cohen. Uh, uh, Charlie passed away uh, about three years ago, maybe a little bit uh, longer than that. Uh, but uh, Cohen is doing better. He had pancreatitis. And uh, we had him on antibiotics for uh, a week, and he seems to be uh, much more himself right now. The one weird uh, thing is with the, uh, with the medicine, uh, he now no longer likes catnip.
3: Oh, he really? He oh, used weird. to
2: love, love catnip and certain snacks with catnip flavor. He does not like them anymore. Now we give him the salmon treats instead of the catnip treats. That's a uh, weird
0: effect, a, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I don't it can happen. Yeah,
2: but like he just gives it a sniff and nope, no dice. Uh, mm-hmm. It does not, uh, does not care for it anymore so we're getting him more onto his regular food now what I was doing for most of this week was giving him the cheap cat food because the cheap cat food has really intense uh, smell and, a, and has uh, kind of a, a lot more gelatin to it and so he would eat that immediately Like he would just go for it so it's like whatever gets him eating during this time where the medicine that he's on tells him not to eat uh, we're going to do that uh, but, yeah, we're now – the only uh, medicine he's on is for his uh, thyroid. And, uh, yeah, he seems to be uh, doing uh, uh, pretty much himself right now. So uh, very, very happy with how that's turning out so far. I wonder if his and taste for, for, I wonder if
0: his for catnip will re- return or if it's a permanent
2: uh... – Well, he, we've got cat mint in the backyard, and yeah. he uh, would love that. In fact, like we used to have catnip in, uh, at the old house. And I've got a video of him just rolling in it because he was a catnip <laughs> Um So maybe maybe it'll come back. and Maybe it's just a temporary thing. But, like, right now, just like, meh, no, 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 thank you. And I, I was worried because I thought, like, oh, he's just off his food completely. But it turned out he was just off that specific uh, thing. Something just changed, and he's not uh, for that anymore. But he likes other treats and stuff, so, you know, he's good, and he's still very, very cuddly. And uh, we just got him a little... Uh, heated cat bed yesterday on our failed trip to IKEA. We stopped off at a pet place and, and got him this uh, uh, weight activated. So when he's on it, it activates uh, cat bed. Um, oh, wow, that's fancy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Huh.
1: I want a weight activated mattress that heats up when I go in wow. <laughs> nice. I
2: know a pet store that I could set you up with. Oh, that's hard getting it. Though uh, actually, we did go and they said we don't got it. And then uh, I asked another person who said, No, we don't got it. And I said, Well, we looked it up online. It says you got it. So we talked to a third person. We really cared it and asked the third person. <laughs> and then the third person who was the manager went, Oh, no, it would probably be on this shelf then. And we got it. And so we, uh, went, we yeah. got it. So, yeah.
0: Listen, one of our listeners, um, or two of our listeners, uh, Craig and Nettie Thibault, who run a veterinary uh, hospital or a clinic in Washington, um, in Federal Way, Washington State. Uh, we're kind enough to send us some some catnip, and so I brought it, brought it home for uh, for Risa, and, and I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, Risa, way too classy for catnip. Like she's just going to be like, <laughs> "Eh, don't need it." So I put it down, and oh, I was wrong. She was like rolling around it like a goof, and I was just like, "Oh, you, you, oh, you ignoble cat." Oh well, but yeah, she was just like there on the floor, just uh, flapping her flapping her paws around and rolling and. This is like, ugh, what an embarrassment.
2: And you're like, will she get addicted? And next thing you saw, she's selling the TV. I'm like, what? Then where did the TV go, Risa? I'm like, I don't know. Do we have a TV? I
0: don't we don't have a TV? Actually, you know what? I'll give her that. She could take it or leave it. When she okay. took it, she was really into it. But then when she was out of it, she just walked away, and that was good. She was good. But yeah, I don't know. I did see her at the methadone clinic last week. So I guess, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. All right, she'll continue. But anyway, go on with what Ed
2: was,
1: was writing See, it's to hard to Ed. do this, huh, Nina? It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's halfway through. Uh, cool. Every word you said is true about our connection with pets. I've always had them, and I've lost my fair share as well. They are extensions of our life and considered family to us. David, I also had a dog I grew up with, a poodle named Alfie. We got him from my aunt when I was two, and he died when I was 20, like your scam. He was smart mm-hmm. and healthy for a good solid 18 years. A wonderful partner. Aww. When you mentioned pancreat- uh, pancreatitis, pancreatitis, yeah. pancreatitis okay. I had a, sh- a schnauzer that suffered with it as it's common among their breed. We had a vet who was very close to home that saved her twice with life-saving treatments, so it goes without saying how important the family veterinarian is to pet owners. <laughs> I can't say enough great things about her and some of the other terrific, bit- terrific bit- vets I've had over the years, too. I know you love your cat as much as I love mine, Ian, so I pray for his good health and well-being.
2: Thank you so much, Edward. Do you love your pet enough to write a book about your pets? Well, well we did, so there we did that. Yeah, you, you. It's not a contest, Edward. But if it was, I'd think like
1: Sam. No, yeah, there we go.
0: Yeah, sorry. Uh,
2: the Sparks, the Sparks books are loosely based on my cats Charlie and August.
1: Uh, so I love there. my dog enough to not name her after Hitler's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, um, I'm seconding your true, opinion on true how love. True love. <laughs> I owe her that much. That's I never
0: like I thought... use it. I never called Lisa affectionately Hitler. Yeah. No.
1: Now <laughs> I did
2: call my gerbil Gerbils. Is that wrong?
0: <laughs> well, it's pretty cute. Gerbil Gerbils the gerbil, you
1: know? Uh, he continues. Uh, I'm seconding <laughs> your opinion on how great Raimi's Spider-Man 2 was. I had the great fortune of working on that film's uh, promotion while I was at Dr. Pepper. Cool. Cool. Uh, Knowing what Alfred Molina looked like as Dr. Octopus and not being able to tell or show anyone about killed me. (laughs) I knew all this almost a year before it was released. I really enjoyed the payout of that film, having to wait that long for it, and I always believed it was a great template for uh, a one hero, one villain story. You'd think that after stacking a deck with three and four villains like Joel Schumacher did with Batman would have taught us something, but I suppose it becomes a studio trap at some point. When I think of the best director whose vision matches a Doctor Strange Steve Ditko comic, I immediately think of Raimi as a clear choice. They should let him spread his wings and do what he does best. I think the world of Doctor Strange will benefit from Raimi's style greatly. And at this point, I have a great deal of trust they know what they're doing. Fingers crossed. More later.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I'm When I heard that he was um, helming the film, I got very excited, so... Because I was, I was just sort of so-so about the f- the first one. I did like the, I did like the visuals, but I thought, I just thought the um, origin story was okay. Yeah, it's bit by the numbers. Yeah, a little bit. Too. Uh,
2: I, 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 and I think they're going to let him uh, do his own thing after the success of like Taika Waititi on I'm Ragnarok, sure. It feels like. I hope
0: so. Yeah, me too. And I
2: think they're going to go pretty wild on this WandaVision thing, and it seems like they're going to do a lot of stuff with the next *Spider-Man* movie. So. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't like Let Us Freak Flags Lie.
1: Yeah. I like uh, Sam Raimi a lot. I I love The Crook and the Dead, which I just re-watched recently. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that's a really good and movie. people hated that film when it first came out. I know, what were they I thinking of it. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, It's awesome. Also, oh, let me ask, realized... let me,
2: uh, I'm going to ask you a bit of trivia then, Nina. Oh, what okay. to, and Dave can't answer. Um, <laughs> he could, but it would be a jerk move. What does every Sam Raimi movie have in it uh, that the quick and the dead does not. It's the one thing missing uh, from uh, from this movie that he has in absolutely every other Sam Raimi movie. Bruce Campbell. Bruce, uh, no, Bruce Campbell. I think Bruce Campbell is in it somewhere. Oh no, he was a sh- he is, but he's not. You can't see him, but he is. He's a sham. Yeah, he uh, he plays an extra, so he is oh, in okay. that. But it is something uh, uh, something else that's been in every movie of his from Evil Dead on. Oh, I don't know. It is the car. Yeah.
1: Mm. He keeps it in
0: storage. <laughs> he brings it out for every movie he does.
1: I, I guess there's no way he could have snuck that in there. Yeah, nope. no, it have been pretty difficult.
0: Yeah, yeah. it was in Ben's every
1: car. other
2: Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, uh, I think The Cook and the Dead uh, was part of the Leonardo DiCaprio back- backlash of that time. I think it suffered from that. So, because he's in it, right? Yeah, ma- he's yeah. really
1: good at it too. I think
0: so. I mean, I, I actually like him as an actor. So I know I'm probably alone. Yeah, in that Yeah, so but. do I. I I like him. I, I think he's really good in celebrity and, uh, but um, I guess
1: you thought of him as just like a, a teen heartthrob who doesn't know how to act or something. That's like what that. I think.
0: That's became kind of became the thing that uh, people were hanging on him, and so I think that movie, you know, had Sharon Stone in it, and she was a kind of she was sort of a poison pill by that point, and then uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was just like, um, yeah, I think people were just kind of like, he can't act. He's just a phony. He's just a woman, not you know. He's just a guy who likes models and partying, you know, and so. It, I don't know, but people were upset about a twenty-year-old kid who liked partying. What's <laughs> kind of weird, <laughs> really? He likes he likes going out and having fun. Whoa, what, what an unusual twenty-year-old! <laughs>
1: no, he, he was very talented.
2: Yes, he's very
0: good. He he's still a very good sure. actor.
2: Mm-hmm. I yeah. will, and uh, some good uh, good Gene Hackmaning in that film was. Well.
1: Oh God, yeah, yeah. He's really and of course, singer. Sharon Stone was great. Yeah, yeah. Sharon and, Stone was uh, like
0: good in it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think she's a. Uh, when she's in a movie where she cares, she's she's very good.
1: That was like Russell Crowe's uh, first major role in a film, I think. Like nobody mm. knew who he was. Well, after down.
0: Romper Stomper, yeah, I think that was kind of like his breakout of Australia. You know, he was well known in Australia, but then, oh, okay. But then that was like his breakthrough movie coming into the North American market. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, if you haven't seen Romper Stomper, it's actually quite a good movie. I've he never heard of it. He plays a skinhead, uh, Australian skinhead, and it's a it's pretty good drama. Okay. I recommend uh... it.
1: I just realized Edward posts twice more after what this. What a guy. Twice and more later. So. What, a, what a true Ed move. All right. He's, he's uh, it, the last one to comment, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now you've got a, a Louise letter. Yes. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just read it in that Louise voice you always do when you're impersonating <laughs> her. So let's do that. <laughs> <in the middle.
1: laughs> well, okay. you said you like to act. <laughs> All right. Here's my Louise impression. All right. Louise says, a comic character I found attractive. I don't know his name, but this one time at guide camp, I got, a girl brought a bunch of teen romance comics with her. I'd never seen them before. Only superhero or Archie comics. There was one story where this shaggy-haired hippie guy brutally kisses a young woman at a wild party. I mean. but later, it turns out he was just establishing his cover. He's actually an undercover cop who saves the uh, heroine from an evil drug-dealing boyfriend. It was pretty hot stuff for this teenage camper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tweenage, I like I just, i'm laughing at it i gotta tell you louise that i i just i cracked up uh, at, at your tweenage camper line there and and also <laughs> i don't know if if uh, nina noticed it but i really liked your reference to Bandcamp. camp <laughs> it's good
1: um
0: that's from american what? pie the american pie movies um ha- um uh, allison, allison, yeah, allison hannigan yeah she uh oh, okay. was,
1: when i was at Bandcamp. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: So. well guess what yeah. i've not seen that movie yet. yeah i know i just thought, <laughs> I, I just
0: wanted to point it out just, i just want her, her to feel like it when, when i noticed it was right there okay.
1: did i did Loved i not it. deliver it correctly well then?
0: you didn't never saw the movie so you actually were
1: pretty good at it
0: because you did add the question mark that she put there so okay we, okay we, as a signifier so that was good
1: uh, i'm glad i did it somewhat of a justice yeah you no, I no, know i was surprised I, was I thought
0: oh maybe you have seen it but there you go
1: yeah no yeah. uh she uh she continues uh stand-ups i liked as a kid bob hope and bob newhart mm-hmm. i like their deadpan delivery a yeah. lot of the comedians I saw on talk shows at the time were loudmouth or wacky or both. When I was older, I enjoyed these young up-and-comers, Jay Leno and Jerry Seinfeld, and also Stephen Wright, Irita Rudner, yeah. whom Dave mentioned. I guess I prefer comedians with a laid-back delivery and a high ratio of jokes per minute.
2: I think, I think she's very similar to you in that she, uh, she likes a, a Bob-based uh, fellow.
1: Lots she's of good very, Bobs out there, yes. Yeah, very pro-Bob. Bob, a lot of Bobs are dying out. Um, my Bob is one of the the younger ones. Yeah, okay, I was gonna go.
2: What happened? Is he? Okay? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
0: you haven't heard of that comic, Bob the Last Man? Um, no. <laughs> the, oh. the no the uh, <laughs> it's funny with Bob Hope, not with Bob Newhart. Actually, who, who when I grew up is still kind of a cool dude. But like when I Bob Hope to me as a kid was like so irredeemably like square and un- uninteresting, and it was weird like to discover that to someone like Woody Allen. That he based like his whole character, his like nebbish character on Bob Hope, like Bob Hope in movies like My Favorite Blonde or My Favorite Brunette and and Ghostbusters and stuff like that, where he plays that kind of a a you know cowardly blowhard, which you know Woody Allen played to, as
2: well, you know, with the kind of uh, which then Conan O'Brien kind of lifted that character. Sure, as well. sure,
0: yeah, 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 and so it's and it, so it was fun, it was and it was interesting like discovering. Like the black, like the move, like my, the first one I saw him in was, I think it was my favorite brunette where he plays a baby photographer who shares a, you know, shares a floor in an office building with an actual private detective and is sort of, you know, uh, kind of, uh, sitting in his office sort of, you know, sort of, uh, you know, placeholder while the guy's out and then this beautiful woman comes in with a problem and he pretends to be a private detective because he, he likes her and he wants to, you know, keep you know being with her and so he ends up in this really like sticky mystery and dangerous things but the whole time he's scared because he's just a baby photographer he doesn't really know what he's doing and it's really it's a fun movie it's quite funny and he's very good in it so that kind of sold me i was kind of like ah i see the appeal of this guy i get it
2: every time he runs into trouble he throws a baby at the person (laughs) and
0: And the bathwater at the same time yeah sure
1: (laughs) all right uh matt phillips says hi ian and dave hello on the subject of giving tablets to cats. I (laughs) pride myself on being the resident expert in our house when it comes to this. My cats Leo and Gus will agree. My method is to hold the tablet between my thumb and forefinger, then gently push the index finger of the same hand into the corner of the cat's mouth. Mm -hmm. This will cause the mouth to open as a reflex, and that's when you quickly drop the tablet inside and give a nice chin scratch to seal the deal. Yeah,
2: That's how I take pills as well. I trick myself. I will uh, run my finger up to the side (laughs) of my mouth. And I'll be, what's that? Oh! And I'll just shove it in my mouth real fast, and I'll rub my throat. Oh, really?
1: I, I am terrible at swallowing pills myself. I usually have to swallow along with some food.
2: Yeah, um, Pia is very similar with that. She has a hard time oh, taking, t- taking tablets.
0: When I was growing up, I had, of course, terrible acne, and I had to take antibiotics for it, and I just got to the point where I could just, like, flip them in my mouth like a tic-tac and just swallow them right away. Like, uh, yeah, I don't... I could just take an aspirin and just... I mean, not on not one that's, like, a like, a one that has, like, a c- coating on it. I can just throw it in my mouth and just swallow it without any problem. But Evie's the same. Like, Evie, I could not get her to t- take a pill when she was a kid. She could not, with not for the life of her, swallow a pill, and she still doesn't like it. Like, she does, um, she has, you know, um hay fever, so she has to take the, the Claritin or the Sudafed. But fortunately, they're, like, so tiny that they're not so bad for to take. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, she just does not. I think, I guess it's just the way our, your, your throat is, I suppose. And I just have it.
2: Yeah. It's a gag reflex. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Here's what I do with uh, with uh, Cohen for for his hyper, like the thyroid pill. Yeah. Is I will I will take two treats. And so first one, I'll go and I'll approach him and I'll have the first treat and then I'll just put it on the ground and he'll eat the treat. Now what he's like sort of at the end of that, um, that's when I take this pill. And I slipped, I slipped that one in. He's already in that kind of chewing mood, yeah. and he's got the saliva going. Then he's doing it. Wow, what's this about, out? Uh, <laughs> and then just give under his chin a little stroke. Hopefully he swallows it. And then I will take another treat in my hand and hold it right up to his face. Yeah. This way, if he's doing the old trickery of I'm going to spit the pill out, ha, 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 Jack Nicholson style, uh, one flow over the cuckoo's nest, uh he won't be able to because he'll he'll spit it into my hand but he will then see the treat and then he'll just start eating that treat now it's all going down and everything's fine
1: now i'm gonna picture a cat talking like jack nicholson (laughs) that's kind of like how it's funny it's a
0: chicken
2: salad sandwich
0: (laughs) (laughs) when you put a bit in a horse's mouth um you slip your thumb into the side of its mouth so that it will open its mouth a bit and then you can slip the bit in
3: Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll
0: okay. just like they won't open their mouth. I'll just you just be, you're just pushing against their, their front teeth, and they're just like, "No, I don't feel like having a bit in my mouth, sir." And then so you just kind of there's a little gap where there's no teeth in their mouth, so you just slide your your finger into there. And once you put your hand in there, they'll open their mouth up, like your thumb gets in there, and I don't know if it it just kind of goes what, and then it <laughs> slips in. And they're like, "Oh,
1: you got me!" Uh, sticking a finger in a horse's mouth uh, sounds terrifying to me. But I am. Well, like I say, in it's general, it's, so.
0: it's a part where there's no teeth there, so it won't chop. chop oh, okay, down. I see what you mean. So yeah, yeah. you just kind of slip, slip your your it through the you know past the lip, and then you'll kind of touch the gum there, and then they'll sort of reflexively open their mouth, and then your the bits in, and they are done.
1: All mm-hmm. right, that's some good knowledge for me to store away later. Yes, there you go. <laughs> okay, are you ready for Ever Dragansky round two out of yes, three? Yes, please. There were some unanswered questions. Yes. Go ahead. Sexy cartoons. Definitely <laughs> Jessica Rabbit, complete with Kathleen Turner's sultry voice. I never even thought of uh, Jessica Rabbit. Really? When yeah. you guys were talking about, like, uh, cartoon characters to be attracted to, that was the first uh, character I was thinking of, just, like, not because I'm attracted to her, but because I know so many guys yeah. who would name her as, like, their first cartoon crush.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, can you blame them, though? It almost I mean, seems I too on the Daphne nose. Guy. Like... Too on the nose? Yeah. I mean, she's yeah, it's a... designed to be attractive. Yeah, but, you know. Yes.
2: But I don't it's really. A, it's I, almost a trap. It's yeah. just.
1: I thought. All
2: right. Like, okay. like Rachel. It's like. Uh, what's her name? Rachel Welch. Is that what her name? Raquel Welch. Raquel. It's like when I was a kid and I was hearing like, she's the sexiest woman in the world. Yeah. And I see her and go like, yeah, but you are said that she's the sexiest woman in the world. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's Marilyn Monroe oh, no one's prettier than Marilyn Monroe. It's like, oh,
1: yeah, just <laughs> okay, pretty. so when society tells you to like a certain woman, you're like, I'll yeah. show you. I'm not attracted to yeah. her at all. Yeah, I'm too much of a contrarian well, for that kind of <laughs> I mean, You know, I it's see. Fine. I'll make up my own just, Do you yeah, prefer uh, girl-next-door types then?
0: I'm more of a girl. I'm more of a sort of a glasses-wearing brunette fan myself.
1: Okay.
2: That's where I, um, that's where I go. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no comment on this.
1: <laughs> I understand
2: <Yeah>. um, you, <laughs> you, revealed, you revealed
0: your inner self last episode So don't worry about sure, it Sure, 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 yeah, yeah
2: <laughs> If I was as handsome as Arthur Miller Maybe I'd go for a Marilyn Monroe But I'm no Arthur Miller
3: Alright yes.
1: All right. He continues uh, I'd be as smitten as Marvin Acme Taking in Jessica's act at the Ink and Paint Club
3: <laughs>
1: A more obscure Teen crush would be Colette Tattoo Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, sure okay. The sh- the chef from Ratatouille with the short brown oh, yeah. hair and yeah. voiced by Eugenio Garofalo.
2: Now we're talking. Okay, now we're on, now we're on the trolley. Yeah, right. that's right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I remember wondering what she'd look like if she were real, and she can cook, also sexy.
2: She'd look like Jeanine Garofalo. She was kind of model for Jean Garofalo. But yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, well, she doesn't.
1: <laughs> like, I've not seen Ratatouille, uh, but I don't think she looks like her in the face, though. No, I don't think okay.
2: so. Okay.
0: So
1: okay. Yeah. Very, someone very, did very
0: that. Different. I saw someone. I think it was on Twitter. Someone took. Uh, mrs incredible and did like a a a lifelike version of her do you know what i mean like they drew her as like yeah oh oh yeah look real so they should do that with that character from uh for the colette as well
1: um mrs incredible is also a very popular pick for guys i will say she's got you know those those hips the childbirthing hips which she accentuates in her she does she looks at herself in the mirror and like slaps her butt or something at one point (laughs) They make her very overtly sexual. I think she can look however she wants, so that's a choice of hers. Yeah. That's a, that's uh, okay. A, yeah. Well, it works for a lot of people. It certainly <laughs> does.
2: I can't. I don't want to get more into that. But yes. Okay. Um, she's I a, She's
1: She's a sylph. Anyway, go on. Wait, what? <laughs> Never <No> mind. <laughs> <laughs> go on. All right. Um, I watched Pete Barbuti. Am I pronouncing it right? <laughs> sure. Oh, just keep going. You've got no. Tell right me, goal. please. Tell me the pronunciation. No, you're absolutely right. But the, it. There's going to be
2: a... You'll see why I'm mentioning this much later on. You'll see, but go ahead. I know there's another
1: comment saying... All the names.
2: Pete Barbuti is correct. Barbuti. Okay.
1: I watched Pete Barbuti as a kid as well. My dad played the accordion, so naturally he found his act amusing. When I was in junior college near home, Pete Barbuti came through town on the college circuit, so my dad and I got to see him live back in the 80s. He did all the same shtick we saw him do on The Tonight Show, too, with the piano, plunger, and cigar. A few years later, when I was attending my four-year university, Elaine Boosler and Richard Belzer made appearances at different times and afterwards we were able to meet them and get autographs. I think if I had to choose a stand-up comic I truly loved and laughed at the hardest, it was Gary Shanling. Something about his demeanor and timing struck me funny, even when he was on TV or in film. I had Steve Martin, George Carlin, and Eddie Murphy albums, but watching Shanling show up on anyone's talk show was gold for me. We lost a brilliant soul when he passed. Yep. I still just troll yeah, YouTube for an hour or so when he when it strikes me, too.
2: I don't want to go too far back in this uh, letter, but I'm just picturing, like, so you went to a comedy show that was Boozler, Belzer, and Barboody. <laughs> no, they weren't all, I don't think they were. They weren't
0: up. all the, the same show, but yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, because that's, yeah, it's a law firm of Boozler, Belzer, and Barboody.
0: Yeah, it was, it was B-month, the, the comedy club.
2: Understood. I like it. I uh, could, yeah. Elaine Boozler.
0: Elaine Boozler must still be working. She is. Yeah. yeah she's very got, good. I've
2: met her a couple of times, and she's great.
0: Obviously, a friend of Letterman's because she was a pretty, pretty pretty regular on Late Night.
2: She was like the most working female comic around. She's she's the hardest worker, and she's like all over Twitter, and she's yeah. Okay,
0: she yeah.
1: just gives it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: good for her. Yeah, she's she was good. I've not recently one
1: her. night. Recently one night, my stepson turned in. Uh, tuned into, not turned into Eddie Murphy, oh, tuned no. into Eddie Murphy's <laughs> live stand fil- uh, film Delirious from 1983. Hmm. I remember hearing all this on the album as a kid, but as I watched Murphy perform I- uh, in this film for the first time in many years, I realized just how perfect he was at constructing an entire act from start to finish. He set up so many jokes that paid off well into the second part of the act as he just effortly to- effortlessly told his family stories. Murphy made it look easy and fun to be on stage, but as I thought more about this, more than I ever have before, I realized how much work Murphy had probably put into it. I've always thought Murphy was very gifted as he's reinvented himself over the decades, but this was the early Murphy, and it was already honed and near perfect comedy. Hmm. I just had a friend of mine move to British Columbia this past weekend. Oh. I'll have to suggest Sneaky Dragon to him now that he's up there. <laughs> I think a little bit of Canadian entertainment and education might help as he and his uh, family settle in. Yeah. He's already posted photos of Tim Orton's coffee. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Uh, Yes, education. And you can also listen to Sneaky Dragon. Uh, Yeah,
2: finally. You can only listen to it if you're in the neighborhood. We have a very weak signal.
0: (laughs) Please, please, please listen in, everyone. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, those those uh, I have some issues with those acts, so I don't know if they hold up.
2: Well, it's a different. Again, that's a. Re- I'm going to play Dave uh, here and say <laughs> it was a very different time. Sure. The, th- yeah. Like you really do get a lot of. Okay, you get Bill Cosby and you get Richard Pryor together in Eddie Murphy, yeah. but yeah. then you also get uh, this real sexiness and physicality yeah. that those two did not have.
0: Yeah, they couldn't have worn a red I mean? leather suit. Yeah.
2: No, he was just like I know, I know I'm sexy, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play that up in a way that, you know, Richard Cryer wouldn't and uh, Bill Bill Cosby wouldn't. And, uh, and and yeah, he just turned that up. And also, he had so much experience from doing Saturday Night Live and so much love from people mm-hmm. doing Saturday Night Live that, yeah, it, that was the perfect time for him to take the best of his material. And then Keenan Ivory Wayans also wrote a lot of that stuff, mm. especially in the Raw special, uh, working through a lot of gay issues, Kenan, <laughs> um, in the same in the one uh <laughs> i don't yeah. know you've seen the
0: scary movie franchise you're still working through it
2: yeah there's, there's a lot of yeah the whole wayans family has a lot of issues with stuff like that wow um, yeah I very imagine, much so i imagine their Game, father Damon say, wayans yeah. uh used to have like an end bit to his act as his brother uh used to have an end bit to his act which was just about like what happens when you punch a gay guy and he'd do an, impre- do an impression of the gay guy getting punched and uh, that was just like Ender. as was like, hmm. And uh, sure. yeah, it, it was Weird. the idea. Yeah. And there was a lot of like AIDS jokes and uh, gay jokes in both of the, both of the Eddie Murphy sets that again, do not hold up now. And Eddie Murphy has, if not apologized, acknowledged that this was not, it does not hold up now. Um, yeah. So there's some problems, but it, it, I mean, at the time, there was yeah. not a funnier stand up concert Jesus that was amazing
0: hmm i just i was watching um I was watching him on David Letterman a little while ago uh like very early on in his career and it's it's interesting like how kind of charmingly uh guileless he feels like in those shows yeah. i don't know you know it is, i'm sure like he had ambitions and he was aiming towards something but he he feels very open and very honest and, and uh, about himself and his career at that point and uh it's very it's very refreshing. You
2: know. And uh, I remember the first Dick joke I ever saw on TV was uh, was him That's with right. that. There was, this, there was just a gigantic balloon, elongated balloon, he was holding. Yeah, it was he a was blimp. Holding it at his crotch. Yeah, yeah. And he's just sitting at uh, sitting at the the desk with Letterman, and he just looked at it and looked at Letterman, and went, you know, this is about right. <laughs> And Letterman lo- loses it. And like, oh, that's a pretty filthy joke for late night. Yeah, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then he went on to be the donkey in uh, Shrek.
0: So it's good. It's fun. I watched that, and then I watched uh, someone put together a compilation of uh, Dave Chappelle's appearances from the very first show to uh, to the last episode, where went, when when uh, you know when Letterman was uh, his, his retirement year, I guess. And uh, so that was kind of interesting to watch his change. You know when he got to go to the desk and when he was when he was just like a featured sitting in the chair guest and things like that it was it was interesting in that way and what also was curious was then i was watching him on david letterman's uh my next guest is whatever it's called that show um and what was interesting was that they played the wrong clip as being his first uh, letterman show they played his second appearance and called it his first and i was like oh no Mm -hmm. i saw i I saw i was just watching a uh Whatever someone's YouTube mix of, of 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 his appearances, and I know what he was wearing on his first show, so yeah, it was funny. Anyway, sorry I interrupted.
1: No, it's okay. Um, actually, something Ian said reminded me. Uh, did you guys ever listen to Rock One Hundred and One in the nineties? Probably. The biggest Asian? Okay. Um, so I, I like I used to listen to it a lot. And do you remember this um, recurring comedy bit they had, um, or comedy sketch they had called the Champ? I was gonna oh, go yeah, to the yeah, Champ. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, that was entirely about horrific gay panic. Like that was always a punchline.
0: Yep. yeah, I guess so. It's,
1: it was cause every yeah, I, single I, sketch was about him. Uh, someone saying something to him that he mistook as a guy coming on to him, and that he just punches the hell out of him.
0: Yeah, they later changed it, it, it so that up. they later changed it so that it felt he thought he took it as a someone's come on to his wife.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah.
2: Well, I'm glad they okay. changed it. Okay, well, here's the origin of that character. Uh, So it was licensed to Jake Edwards, and that's who you were listening to doing it. Brother Jake. But it was -hmm. was originally created by uh, McLean and McLean. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh?
0: Yeah. Most famous in Canada for the Rodeo song, which was a filthy song that... Any kid worth his salt knew the lyrics to that to that song.
2: And yet they still were nominated for a Juno Award. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, but you're right. It was a lot of gay jokes. And then it, later on, it was uh, his
1: wife. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear that they changed it up. They probably realized how, how bad it was. I remember my
0: brother oh, loved it. And he played it for me one time. And I, I kind of had to smile politely with, with his... Because he was just so... He was so happy. It was, he thought it was the greatest thing ever, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, my brother okay.
2: played it for me, and I lost it." <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Or uh, what's interesting is later on, my he came in. I guess he had some sort of deal with a car with a. I was almost in the name. I won't say the name of the place that my brother worked at at that time, but he worked for a car, a car dealership here in Vancouver, and and Jake Edwards was a client and was doing some promotional stuff for them, and. So he offered, he offered to go golfing with. He offered my brother a chance to go golfing with him, and of course my brother was like, "Oh, well, that would be cool because he really admired him. He was a champ and all that stuff." But then, no, it turned out you had to pay him to golf with you. Nah. <laughs> and that's what my brother said too. He's okay. like, what the? I don't want. I gotta pay someone to golf with me? Screw that!" So yeah, he didn't. Yeah, that's, didn't.
1: that's bizarre.
0: And I think his estimation of him fell quite precipitif- precipitously after that, and he he no longer uh, made me listen to bits of of the champ. So that was good. I'm glad that he was offended by the champ.
1: <laughs> okay, well that just um, it sparked a, a deep memory within me. <laughs> I'm amazing. glad you had a, a happier ending. What, you're
0: a ha- okay. you, you, sorry, you glad it had
1: a happy ending? Kind of, because yeah. they changed it. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah,
1: Which I didn't know about at all, so mm-hmm.
2: that's cool. Well, I'm going to say you should have been listening to C-Fox and the Kokanee Comedy Hour. You've just been <laughs> hearing top-notch comedy that I occasionally was in. I, uh,
1: I did listen to that
0: because you were on it.
1: Very good. I listen to The Fox sometimes, but I don't remember that, though. Like, what era was there's this? It was on Sunday nights.
2: Yeah, let me just tell you, Nina The Fox rocks. Always.
1: <laughs> no, I, I've heard. <laughs> okay.
2: Yes. And its mascot was a little thin on top, had a little thinning hairline on top. Like, because people would pet it, and then it would get <laughs> rubbed down to the point where the Fox <laughs> mascot actually had a bald spot that was very similar to the same bald spot Terry David Mulligan, one of their DJs, had. And it was like, is this supposed to be Terry David Mulligan? And it's like, nah, he didn't like that. So they fixed up the mascot.
1: Did you ever get to be the fox?
2: I was never the... No, good lord. Oh, that fox went through some shit. No, I I was never uh, No. No, oh my god. That was was a
0: punishment job at the station for... uh... Oh,
2: Jesus. No, 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 no. I've done a lot of shit, but I never was the fox. All right.
0: I really liked the fox when I was, like, grade eight. They played, like, XTC and the police and stuff on the station. And then Peter Gabriel and things like stuff that was sort of more out there, but they then they kind of like cut, you know, cut back and all that stuff and just really like this, you know, became more and more boring. Just the same old, same old. So I, I stopped listening. But uh, I remember that going to Benson's Graphics. supplies. that anyone, anyone here go to Benson's on Richard Street? Anyway. Never heard of it. This was in the day they were like the best art store in in uh, Vancouver. That's where you go if you're looking for like Winsor Newton brushes or uh, set and you know, all, and you know all that kind of stuff they had there, but they okay. were right next door to the Fox to Sea Fox, and I always just remember going there and be kind of a thrill, like oh, the Fox. I didn't even know where it was, but there
1: it is. <laughs> so cool.
0: This is little like two story building, you know, on Richard Street.
1: And you saw the the Fox himself having a smoke break outdoors. He was he, he was,
0: yeah, well, he was urinating at the back of the. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's a break. He was playing a uh, Sky Pilot by Eric Burden and the Animals. <laughs> It was a seven-minute-long song, so, oh, you know, he had, had time to go take a poop while he was singing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow,
1: go on, go on. All right, on. All right.
2: All right this is the one there. I've been waiting for uh, Nina to read. All right,
1: <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, Chris Roberts. that's. I'm on the right one, right?
2: Oh, uh, wait, am I? No. Nope. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah you're... Uh, wait, yep. is it? Oh, I, haven't sorry, read, I haven't read. I know yet. the one that
1: I know the one Ian
0: is
2: thinking of. In there. I know. I'm yeah, sorry, it's, I
1: it's saw after this. It was, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: I saw the bit, uh, that uh, one of the similar comedians was mentioned. Okay, go ahead. Chris but Roberts, Chris
1: Roberts right, says, attractive a cartoon character. What a weird and disturbing <laughs> idea." However, now that you mention it, I do seem to remember experiencing a sort of warm, fuzzy feeling <laughs> when I was around six, triggered by the appearance of the young village girl at the end of the Jungle Book. Oh yeah. If only she and and Mowgli had chosen to live in the jungle together with Baloo. Bagheera, I think it's Bagheera, and the gang instead of heading off into, shutter, civilization. <laughs> I grew up near Glasgow, and Scott is absolutely right about the phenomenal impact Billy Connolly had on us young Scots in the early 1970s. Mm. Billy was our Elvis, and the Last Supper was his blue suede shoes, but with better jokes. <laughs> I don't recall stand up getting much exposure on British telly in those days. And what it did, it was usually some guy who looked like your dad, dressed like a wedding usher, and had a lot to say about your uh had a lot to say about wives, mother in laws, uh foreigners, and effeminacy in men. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness we now live in more enlightened times when <laughs> men like that have completely vanished and certainly don't occupy any positions of power or influence. Yeah, they're like a unicorn. Yeah. 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 Ooh, don't remember those I people. I didn't realize you had listeners in um alternate timelines. That's cool. <laughs> That's, one, our, that's our audience um, that's most of your audience maybe <laughs> yeah we're in
0: an alternate timeline <laughs> <laughs> our childhood anyway go one on one
1: standout uh stand up back standout out stand up that's hard to say <laughs> back then was the great irish comedian dave allen a terrific storyteller mm. with a great ability to spot and ridicule hypocrisy in the powerful his mm-hmm. weekly bbc show Dave Allen at large was a mix of stand-up and sketches that was uh, relived and discussed in playgrounds around the country the day after every broadcast. <laughs> yep, That's great.
0: You'll be happy to know, Dave, that because we live in Canada, which at that time was very Anglophilic and we had a, a super connection to, to Great Britain, uh, Dave Allen was, was shown here locally and uh, yeah, it was great. It was a great show. I loved his I loved his delivery of his jokes. I loved the way he would sit with his, with his booze at hand and his... His neat modern chair, a uh, cigarette going, and this. Ah, uh, so good.
1: Did he have a, like, a thick Irish accent?
0: He had a, not a super thick Irish accent, but he did have an Irish accent.
2: He
1: did have an Irish accent. Yeah.
0: He did. Oh, and okay. he was
2: missing, was he thick. was missing a finger. He was missing a finger. Yeah. And he'd tell story, oh. he tells a story about. A man walks into a church, and the man yeah. says the... Yeah, I'd be like. <laughs> yeah. He tells so okay.
0: the But he had a really good delivery because he was very casual. He wasn't
2: like. Oh, so casual. He wasn't yeah, like the
0: pressing the joke on you. He would just sort of, he was just telling you a story. A oh, story. And, and then the, in between the jokes, he, they would have little uh, sketches. Yep. So they have sort of funny sketches. A lo- you know, and he's Irish, so there's a lot of religious, uh, he- a lot of so
2: much religious poking
0: yeah. fun at the Catholic Church and whatnot. And then, but a lot of a lot of different sort of things. And then and then you go back to him in his chair. And also had great music in it uh, to start the show. It had that you know kind of 70s you know da 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 da. da. It wasn't really like this show's gonna be funny because be at 1st you we're like you're watching you watch a soccer review or something like that. But no, it was like it was good.
1: It was a great show. It sounds like the music didn't match up with what you are describing. Oh no, it doesn't at all. It was
0: just, it was just, but it was seventies, so that's what they used for. Okay, music.
1: all right. Uh, he continues. Uh, I also loved Victoria Wood, a phenomenal talent yes. whether speaking into a mic, singing at the piano, or writing songs, shows, plays, and films that combine hilarity and humanity in an utterly distinctive style, an incredible talent, and much missed.
0: Yes, very good. Uh, that's that's when I forgot about till Chris mentioned her. I should look up some of her stuff online.
1: Yeah, maybe
2: put a clip up or such. I'll try.
1: All right. Well, I challenge you.
0: (laughs) Challenge accepted. I'll probably forget.
1: Here's here's a comment that Ian wanted me to read, I guess. Oh, (laughs) I'm looking forward to this so much. Now, I don't want to swear, but I'm going to try my best to say these. Good luck. Mick Elliott says, hey, gentlemen, thanks for another great show. I never heard of Pete Booty, but I loved hearing you guys say his name, especially Ian. Uh, How do you say Ian, by the way? That's me talking.
2: How do I say it? Yeah. Yeah. Peep Bar
1: booty. Peep Bar booty. Yep. We'll skip. Actually, the, he says it more like Peep Bar booty. Peep Bar booty. Peep Bar booty. 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 To my Australian ears, it sounded like you might have been saying Peepar pooty peep Mar booty. Beeba duty. Peep Nar duty. Peba Nudy.
2: And by the way, uh, Mick, you can use any of those as characters in your upcoming book. Yes,
1: Please right. <laughs> feel free he says, "Please say oh, I, yeah, sorry, I was just or, or say any of the interpretations above, as many times as possible in this week's show."
2: <laughs> I remember I used to play the on the Nintendo sixty four the Peepar Pooty game. Oh, it was so fun! <laughs> you're either the bear, you're the bird, and it's ah, oh, it's great.
1: You know, um, this is Nina speaking. Uh, if you guys told me any of these characters were, I don't know, like Harvey Comics characters, I would totally believe you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Friends of Casper. Which reminds me—that me, sounds like something. <laughs> um, did you guys know uh, that? Well, do you guys you know uh, you guys know Kid Rock, right? Yes. Do you guys know he came from great privilege? No, I didn't know that. He his whole sh- um, like shtick was like, oh, like I'm a trash rocker. I'm like yeah, a yeah. uh, scumbag. But um, if you look up his bio, <laughs> uh, his parents were like extremely wealthy. Uh, his dad owned multiple dealerships they grew up in like a gigantic mansion hmm. and his name was Robert Ritchie. <laughs> mm. Sounds like a Harvey Comics <laughs> character. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny. That's funny. I always Rodney thought Ritchie. like
2: his name sounds like he's the sidekick of the rock. So it'd be like Dwayne, the rock mm-hmm. Johnson yep. shows up with like kid rock at his side and kid rock's always getting into trouble. And Dwayne's like, come on kid rock. I'm like, all right, the rock.
0: And a couple that's- of um, listening party episodes, I played some music by this, a studio uh, project called Kid Rock, this guy put together, and they're meant to be, like, kind of bubblegum-ish songs for kids. So it was called Kid Rock. And mm-hmm, it was so mm-hmm. hard to research it because you'd put in Kid Rock and all you'd get would be this jerk Kid Rock that I was not totally uninterested in. It's so right. hard to find. I have to, like... I just put in the song title and the name and then hope for the best. But, yeah, it's uh, that's it one of the... Well,
1: like, you know, he he's going to be president of the U.S. someday, so... Well, we can, <laughs> we, can <laughs> only, we can only hope... Yeah, he does want to run for president. Okay. Well, any, anyone can. Gray, so. Anyone can, yeah. yeah. But he, then well, The Rock, it, so. I, I think The Rock
2: could be as well. So maybe yeah. he'll have a Rock and a Kid Rock as vice president.
1: <laughs> but um, The Rock is Democrat and Kid Rock is Republican. so and that's
2: where the fun's going to come
0: in. <laughs> uh-huh. And it turned out they, they elected a libertarian baby goat as the kid. Oh,
2: damn, yeah. nanny. <laughs> damn nanny state.
1: <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Go on, oh, please. By the way, uh, do you know the the movie Osmosis Jones? Yes. Yes. It's, it's like anime film, takes place in the body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kid, Kid Rock was in that, and he was a character called Kidney Rock. Which oh, I think God. Exactly. Wow. So,
2: oh, God. And Chris
1: <laughs> Rock much, was in that. Yet another rock. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know,
2: so you have that rock. many rocks, it's kidney stones. I mean, that's just no good to have all that many rocks in your body. And then the guy from Fraser. Ah, crazy. Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, he continues briefly on questions. Uh, not quite a cartoon character, but Janice from Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem on The Muppets <laughs> gave a strong impression. Huh. I never sure. understood why Kermit was more interested in Miss Piggy, though who knows what the relationship dynamic was within the Electric Mayhem band.
2: Yeah, Bynastic, they or or mayhem. I think
1: they're all doing each other.
2: Yeah. I think
1: it was like a yeah, real love
2: situation. Mm-hmm. Well, in The Muppets, the, the sitcom that came out, I guess, like last year or the year before. They do tap into a little bit of that and the relationships and the... And yeah, Janice has dated some members of the band for sure.
1: <laughs> you know, I like yeah. that show. Yeah, for sure. I, episodes. I, thought it, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was really Why good. Not? Yeah, I really liked it. It seems like people didn't like it. it. It didn't do very well when it came out, but I watched it and like, no, this is fine.
2: It works. Yeah, they have it on the uh, Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, yeah, it was watchable.
0: Yeah, it was a mistake that they pulled the plug so soon. Like, It feels like a show they should have let grow a little bit, you know? Like, if you I don't know. Like it, there's classic shows out there. Don't ask me to name one, but there's classic shows out there that if, if the student network had given up on it right away, it, you know, it wouldn't have been able to grow into what it was, which, you know, they, some of them became like, you know, obviously there were failures, but some shows that like had a rough start became really popular. Once again, don't ask me to name one because I can't think of one off the top of my head, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a fact that I'm stating and not just, a, not just a surmise. It could just be me surmising.
1: All right. All right uh- He continues, uh, First stand-up I ever saw was a VHS of Richard Pryor doing his impression of a deer being spotted by a hunter. (laughs) Ten-year-old me thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Later, I loved Billy Connolly. I recently heard him interviewed on the Adam Buxton podcast. He comes across as warm, genuine, and intelligent. Well worth a listen. Yeah. Sending fast recovery vibes to Ian's cat.
2: Well, thank you so much. Appreciate
1: that. P.S. Thanks for the Sneaking Dragon bumper sticker. (laughs) I... There's three exclamation marks. Let me redo that. P.S. Okay. Thanks for the sticky dragon bumper sticker. <laughs> Thank you. Arrived safely in Australia. Please send on a bumper to stick it to.
0: <laughs> that is all. Wow. Sorry. I.
1: All right. Uh, well, the last Edward Driganski. Ed, did
0: he come in last again? The last one in the trilogy.
1: <laughs> oh yes.
0: <laughs> I hope it's. As, I hope it's not. Is it as long as the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly?
2: It's the Godfather three of uh, of letters.
1: Oh dear. Well, this is the shortest post, though. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> Interesting. What a twist. Yep. What a twist up.
2: All right. Just have fun with this one, Nina. Make it. Just throw it away. Have, yeah. have a good time. Have
1: with a good time it. with it. Okay, let me do my Louise impression again. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, late edition. I just saw a TV commercial for the new Call of Duty video game titled Cold War. Oh. Of course, this game is set in the 1980s. And in case you haven't already guessed, uses New Order's Blue Monday as the music in the commercial.
3: <laughs> oh, game my God. Game go. <laughs>
0: Well, I think I have ranted enough about it that I almost feel like it's my song. But uh, I think I think that's pretty. I think that's hilarious. Uh, here's the thing: if you if you lived in Austria, Australia, Belgium, France, Ireland, the Netherlands, New Zealand, Poland, Switzerland, or the UK or in West Germany, I will allow you to celebrate that song because it was in the top twenty at least in all those countries. It didn't even creep into the top 100 here in North America, everybody. Uh, it did on specific charts in 1988 when it was re-released. It was reissued as a an, a remix. But in its, in its initial release, it was nowhere to be heard on any radio station or anywhere else in Canada or America. That song did not exist but on the turntables of little alienated outsiders who were listening to it in the comfort of their own bet parents' rec rooms? So uh, I, I own that single, and I'm proud that I own it because it is that single. It's a die-cut single, so it's looks like a. It's it's designed to look like a old the old five and whatever it is floppy disks, like mm-hmm. the square floppy disk used to get. It does not anywhere on it say that it's New Order or that it's Blue Monday. Uh, there is a code along the edge that if you decipher it, it does say New Order, Blue Monday. But you have to decipher the code to read that, and it costs more to produce that cover and single than it, than they made money selling the single. So they actually lost money on this this single <laughs> because of the, uh, the the cover that was designed for it, which is just another hilarious example of factory records of that time period. But I think um, the only place it was number one, it was number one on the UK, but not on their not on their rec- rec- regular charts, but on their indie charts. It was the number one uh, song at that time. But yeah, everywhere else it was like, you know, somewhere in the top 10 or or, or in the top 20. But not, nowhere here in North America where now we claim it as our own and, and carry it proudly close to our chest. And the thing is now that it's become cornally like this, this sort of 80s identifier, which I think is it's so hilarious. Because, you know, the songs that people were actually listening to were like Flock of Seagulls, you know, Iran was super popular then, uh, Culture Club. Like in terms of like kind of, like new wave groups you know that was what those were actual popular acts the police obviously like that's what people were listening to blue monday new order were nowhere on anyone's anyone's uh radar but of course it's cool now so it's going to be in in uh you know c- trailers and commercials and stuff like that the same way right. like that like the movie the nice guys which i really like that movie but the daughter in her bedroom she's a kid in late 70s la she has a sex pistols poster on her wall there's no way that a a tween age girl to steal to steal uh, louise's term would have in that time period a Sex pistols poster on her wall living in in america like it's just impossible like we barely even knew who they were at that point because you just it just you know the only exposure we had to it was as as a horror, as this horrible thing that was happening in England. Can you believe it? People are putting pins in their noses. Oh my God, this is terrible. That's our exposure to it. We didn't hear the music. We just saw the, the, the you know, the kind of uh, hysterical press coverage for it.
1: Uh, and and um, Sid and Nancy's destructive relationship. We didn't even know about that.
0: Oh. No one knew wow. about that stuff. Like, that was just like, unless you were like in the know and you're like some hip person, but that you would have to be like in your 20s to know that stuff. Like little kids going to the record store weren't but you know listening to regular music radio stations and stuff we would there's no way we had exposure to that the first time I heard the Sex Pistols was a, a guy traded me a cassette version of of it like he had taped it from somewhere like a cousin taped it for him or something and I traded him a cassette for it and that's the only way I could hear it and that was in grade nine and that's why it took a long time for me to like actually get to hear the Sex Pistols and and yeah so I just it's just it's just cool people now like you know, trying to make people cool then. But that's not what cool people were doing then, you know? Like, no cool person had that poster on their wall. Cool people listened to Kiss. Cool people listened to Cheap Trick. Cool people listened to what was popular on the radio stations. That was the coolness of that time period, you know? And, like, putting our idea of pop culture onto that time period, this, it always rubs me the wrong way because it's so phony. It's not, it's not, it doesn't feel lived in. It feels, like, artificial and fake then. You know, like so, I just, it just, it didn't bugs me. That's all I'm saying.
2: Bugs and me. there we go. Uh, one thing I'm going to look forward to with that game, though, is you get to play as Reagan. So you get to shoot zombies as Reagan. It's oh, always fun cool. to shoot zombies as that's Nixon. Totally, yeah, sure.
0: Uh, and yeah, that was a fun part to... of the. That was a fun part of uh, those games. Yeah.
2: Yeah, what I hope is I get to play with uh, Hinkley by my side, or like maybe get a good <laughs> shootout between Reagan and Hinkley. <laughs> that would be good. And. And it would be ideal if you could get Jodie Foster in there as well. And just sure. like in there, everyone's like, just shooting zombies and they've all got to work together. What's she doing and, and nowadays?
0: I'm sure she'd be happy to, to license her, her likeness to... Uh, I think really she's game. doing fine. Game I game think game. she's doing
2: fine. I think she's working a lot. She's fine. Yeah, no, I
0: think she's hurting. Um, I, think she's hurting. I think she's hurting. I think she needs to license mm,
2: her. Face. I don't think she's hurting. I think she's worked all her life and she's doing just fine. <laughs> okay, I've, um, got,
0: I've got something to I've got something to play if we're all done. you with, got something to play. Okay. Are we all done with letters?
2: I th- yeah. yes
3: yes That's we it.
0: are. Okay. So I had some messages sent to me via okay. the good old fashioned uh messenger. This is from Jonathan Bampton from Australia. Two to Oh darn, sorry my glasses. Uh two time winner of of our, our question and answer shows. Fix. <laughs> so let's oh <laughs> let's listen to uh his questions. There's a few here. There's three three different things I have to play. So these are these are Kay. uh these are voicemails he's left me. Here we go.
4: Okay. Hey, cool dudes. John here from Melbourne, Australia, the birthplace of Jim Morrison. Not really. Um, I'm trying my luck here again to submit some more questions to you via audio clip. Uh, An answer to your question last week, as a young kid reading Archie, I always had a bit of a hot thing for Veronica Lake. That was until my later years when I became a bit more left-wing and bolshie. And I was ashamed how the daughter of an upper-class plutocrat had seduced me. <laughs> uh, my boomer dad once said that uh, Leela was attractive to him, the the woman from uh, Futurama. I don't know how that came up in conversation. There you go.
0: All right. So that was uh, – did he say Veronica Lake?
1: Yeah. Veronica Lodge. Which
2: is an actor. Yeah. Uh, Veronica Lodge, yes. Yeah. yes.
1: So um, – I think – I think Matt Groening is horny for Leela. <laughs> really? Yeah, I if you that? listen to the if you listen to the Futurama uh, DVD commentaries, yeah. I think he has a thing for her. Oh, cool. Okay. I think the animes are also horny for her and Amy, like they draw her they draw them very Oh, like yeah. Because
0: I, I would say that about Marge, too. Like, whenever they draw Marge, oh, yeah. in some sort of revealing way, like, she has, like, a, like a real va-va-voom body, you know? Like, you're just like,
1: Oh, hey, for sure. Hey, I, hey. I just went through season 14 of The Simpsons, and that has the episode where she gets breast implants, and another where she becomes a bodybuilder. Oh. So,
2: Large Marge, and what's the other one called? Do you
1: remember? Oh, uh, I can't remember. That was a gross episode, though. Really? Yeah, it's a gross the one. The breast yeah, implant great... one? No, the, yeah. the bodybuilder one. Oh, it is oh, gross. The breast I'm not great with either. The, the bodybuilder one, like they, they're both, um, like the writers and or maybe the animators seem horny for her, but at the same time they call her like a man and other bodybuilder building women like men. Basically, it's just really uh, transphobic and gross. Yeah, yeah, so
2: I think that all uh, peaks in the lovely. Uh, I'm not going to say the word, but uh, Skinner is a T word. Uh, much later on, that you're just like,
1: whoa, what's this joke doing? Oh, here? I didn't know about that. I guess yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's going to come up where, at some point.
2: Yeah, it's one where Bart just points at Skinner because he's like wearing, I guess, a dress or something oh. and and says that and they would have a good laugh. I think they say it twice. And it's like, boy, <laughs> how is this? Hey, Disney Plus. Uh, <laughs> throw a little warning on this maybe that, uh, yikes.
1: Yeah, I, the bodybuilder yeah. Marge episode is called The Strong Arms of the Ma." And this was when the Simpsons went through a weird transphobic era. Oh yeah, that
0: that makes me think of that episode of Rick and Morty where Rick and Summer like juice up, like actually shoot steroids and become like these big bulky, so so they can beat up a guy. But yeah, and
2: then they beat up uh, yeah the devil, and then they beat up a Nazi and (laughs) a guy who's like uh, dragging his dog.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, Marge um, takes steroids in this episode too. Okay. And she kind of forces herself on Homer in a very uncomfortable way. Yeah, I also don't
2: like her. which they have a, ve- a very similar scene in Family Guy. So this is season uh, fourteen, you said.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll have to I'll have to check it out one day.
2: Again, I always say like the problem with the Simpsons is uh, it's like if you had uh, some of the writing staff on Saturday Night Live never leaving, <laughs> never leaving, <laughs> and uh, and they just keep staying, and it's like, and then they've got the power, and they're the ones who are really running things. It's like. Well then you never really get to move on and you never get to really evolve or you do and it's a uh, dragging along real slow. Especially if you're trying to be, you know, badass and cutting edge and it's like, oh, okay. All right, fellas. It's yeah. There you go. But then, again, that's a Simpsons podcast. And if you want to listen to one of those. <laughs> You know, uh, we're getting near the very end because it's now been seventeen hours that we've been doing. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's
0: let's. I got a couple more. I got a couple more voicemails here. So here we go.
2: Oh, okay, then we'll do those first. Okay, go. go.
4: I also have questions three for Ian. Oh the boy. One working at the Simpsons magazine. Did you ever see the inanimate carbon rod? Okay. Two. Have you ever met an Ian that pronounced his name as iron? Allah. Uh, Ian Ziering from Beverly Hills 90210. Is that really a pronunciation in North America? And three, I'm currently reading Your Exorcist Sisters, which I received as a competition winner, and I'm thoroughly loving it, Ian. Congratulations, it's a great book. Which character do you think you most resemble? Um,
2: I'll answer them uh, backwards. Uh, number three, Cake. Uh, number. Know uh, the book, you know that's a a dick answer. Yeah. I'm um, sure n- number two, I have met that Ian. He was very nice. So uh, specifically, I've met the Ian you're talking about. Uh, it was very nice. You mean so, Ian? Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, Iron. I
0: <laughs> I've never uh, met. A, uh, I've never met anyone who pronounced Ian in a, any other way but Ian.
1: And uh, yeah, I think uh, Ian Ziering is the only guy I know of who pronounced it that like, way.
2: I would like to have seen a team up. Between the inanimate carbon rod and Rod Flanders. I would like to see those two (laughs) rods have to have like a road trip adventure and do something. I I, I put them together on a trading card once, uh, but uh, that's the closest I've come. And one of my regrets is I never would steal the carbon rod, but I would like to have teamed those two up for just a little backup story. And uh, I never did. Nina never got a chance to draw it. I'm sure she's regretting that.
1: Um, they should sell that as merch. I think it would sell. It'd be so absolutely. easy. The inanimate yeah. carbon rod? Yeah. Yeah, it would be good. Totally. Just a clear yeah. acrylic green tube. Yeah, That's yeah. official merchandise. They should do it. Yeah, it'd be awesome.
4: Agreed.
0: All right, so last one from uh, Jonathan. Here we go.
4: And a question for Two Dogs, Detrick. Whoop. What pop song do you recognize... As being truly well written, one of the all time fucking greats, but you'd be happy enough never ever to hear again because it's just so overplayed that it's not enjoyable to listen to anymore, and you're just happy with the memory that it, it exists out there in the ether, but no thanks, you, you don't need to go there again.
0: Oh, okay, well, that, for me, that song would be uh, Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. I would, I do think it's a good song, uh, but I. I'm so tired of that fuzz sound in the song. I am actually spoiled, it spoiled like all fuzz guitar and garage rock for me. And uh, I'd be perfectly happy to never hear that song again. And that's saying that I think it's a very good song. I don't think it's the best Rolling Stone song, but I think it's a very good song. It's just that I am over it. A fuzz sound. The guitar in it it has that. Oh, okay. And like, once that song was a hit, everybody went, oh my God, that's. This is the sound of all songs now, so everyone's like eh. eh, 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 eh. <laughs> all the songs have that sound in it. There's a guy named Mike Deasy. He was a guitar player in LA. He was a session guitarist. And he became like really well well known and, and used a lot because his guitar was could he knew how to make the eh eh eh, eh, eh sound, so he just became like an in demand session guitarist. So anyone wanted like fuzz guitar on their a record would hire him to come in and add the eh 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 Oh man, I just any song yeah. that has that in it now, I'm just
1: like Pfft. Forget it. They just ran it into the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just like ugh. everyone, you know, that kind of snarling vocalist with, uh, with a guitar buzzing away is just like, nope. All I want to hear now are just a bunch of guys who uh, apparently spent way too much time in jazz choir, all harmonizing together with uh, harpsichords. <laughs> That's what I want to hear now. Maybe one day I'll be tired of that and I'll go back to, you know what's really great? Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... That's the song I would say, Jonathan. So Thank you for writing. Uh, he also... Oh, let me just go back because, uh, he, like I say, he got... He wrote to say, Dave, your care pack arrived. Thanks handsomely to you and Ian and Potluck. Love the t-shirt. I didn't enjoy the coffee crisp until the second bite onwards. The Smarties are like ours, but taste crisper, airy, if that makes sense. Yeah. There you go. So I was really happy he got it because... I sent it by surface mail because <laughs> it was a box and I didn't want to spend the $70 it costs to send it to uh, by airmail. So, um, so it took a long time together. There was a couple of times where, where uh, he wrote to say, uh, it hasn't got here yet. Just <laughs> wonder if you have an idea when it might arrive. So, and I was just like shrug.
1: It's in these times. It's even harder to predict when. Yeah. So it's right.
0: uh, get that. I was yeah. actually surprised at how quickly people got their, their bumper stickers when I, when I, Finally, got around to mailing them off. Like they they came really, they got there really quickly. I was really impressed with the the United States Postal Service. I don't know what people are making this fuss about mail in ballots when they're so efficient at delivering bumper stickers, but oh, there you go.
2: (laughs) Well done. Well done all the way around. All right. So so I think that 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 we have talked enough.
0: I am now going to be
2: quiet, and Ian is
0: going to tell us something.
2: All right. I'm going to say a couple things, which is, uh, first of all.
0: Well, before you do that, um, Ian, let me just. (laughs)
1: I'm Dedrick,
0: <laughs> and by the way, it's three dog Dedrick, Jonathan, not two dog Dedrick.
1: Yeah, two dog oh. fine. Three is overdoing it. No, well, one is, is perfect. Not a, no. one is not
2: officially <laughs> recognized in Australia as an actual hot dog. I just so. actually
1: had three hot dogs the other day, and I, I kind of smiled to myself. Oh my god! <laughs> you should have uh, live streamed it.
2: <laughs> it's three hot three dogs. dogs. It's uh,
1: nothing. Dog Dedrick in action.
2: My gosh! Three talking? dog, three dog night.
0: When I grew up, we would have macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. I don't know why my mom made this combination. Yeah. So we'd have, like, a plate of macaroni and then hot dogs with, like, a bun and, and all the fixins and stuff like that. And I still do that. I'll have, like, a plate of macaroni with three hot
1: dogs. It's nothing. Nothing at all. What's Up you used to have hot dog with macaroni on top? I should have got that one. Just, just to re- relive that.
2: It's like eating nothing at all. But
1: nothing the problem
0: is, all. sometimes our hot dogs would be, like, da 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 and they'd be, like, Dijon mustard, and I'd be, like, Bleh. No, thank you. Anyway. I agree. Uh, go on with your reading, or you're oh, speaking. Right. You're plugging. You're going to plug in. All right, I right will be
2: doing a reading from the book of. Up.
0: <laughs> Yo, or yea, uh, yea, verily, the Lord. Yea, verily,
2: the topics they have been said. The the Mister Peanut has been discussed. Personal things. For we are fam. We are fam. Fam be with you. Fam be with you. Um. Okay. So uh Nina, and, and with you. I, yeah. Have you uh, got anything that you wanted to plug before we start wrapping things up? Uh, nah. <laughs> you, you do. She, she does the shirts shirts. Yeah. I did a book. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> plug your, li- your you live stream.
2: Plug your live stream.
1: Oh, well, um, yeah, I guess I could. I, I just did one today. Usually the. I can never lap- see them because they're
0: on in the days.
1: So. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the last Thursday of every month, except for this month because next month uh, they're taking a week off because of US Thanksgiving. Mm. Uh, Twitch.tv slash fangamer. Uh, at 1 p.m. PT, I I do a stream. I do an art stream. It's just a chill one. I, I started it up when we started doing uh, live streams. Um, when the pandemic started, we didn't realize it was gonna go on for this long. I didn't realize I'd be streaming for this long. Yeah. but <laughs> it's a fun thing to do just once once a month. Yeah. So I did, I did that before this recording, so I'm extra tired now. <laughs> but, uh, you can also watch the the VODs um, a VOD archive if you want to see past uh streams i did we also have archives on um the fangamer youtube channel
0: oh okay so, so we, um so you do there are there are it's not just it's not just gone to the ether it does exist as a Yep. Yeah, a we, reviewable we,
1: thing okay cool that's good to know yeah, yeah everything's um preserved so nice i give like little art lessons like show my process and uh how i design certain things like enamel pins and t-shirts for fangamer if you go to fangamer.com, go to uh, collections, sort by artists, you can go to Space Coyote, Nina Matsumoto, and you can see all the video game merchandise I designed on there. But more importantly, um, there's Sparks Double Dog Dare, which I did with these guys. I'm pointing at them. You can't see them. <laughs> can't see them but I'm pointing at them I
0: can't see you right, right now. I
1: can't. Uh, yeah, if you go to sparkscomic.com, you can read all about the, the series and um, you can find out how to get a free book plate that we all signed. I think those have been mm-hmm. a big hit. Uh, since we can't do conventions to sign books in person. Yeah. This was uh, the next best thing we could do.
2: Yeah, I'll say uh, if you want the simplest way to get one of those book plates, just write us at D sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's also a way just to write us, period. Uh, D sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. And, uh, and give us your address and we will send you a book plate. And uh, quite a few of you have been doing that and Uh, it's always fun to put those in the mail. So thank you for uh, those of you who've done it. Uh, Dave, what are the questions of the week again? So the questions of the week
0: again are, where did I put them? Over here. They are uh, Nina's question of the week is, how do you feel about swearing? So Mm. are you comfortable with swearing? Is it something that you do regularly or try to avoid? And uh, Ian's question was, what's a movie that sounds, isn't, but sounds like a martial arts movie? So ah. we'd like you to name it, give us a title of a film that's from the title. It sounds like it could be a martial arts film, but it actually isn't.
1: I would like to add to that and say my answer is What We Do in the Shadows.
0: Nice. Ah, Very, good.
1: nice. Very good. I like that. That's good.
2: All right. So here's how you do that. Go to SneakyDragon.com. That's our main website. And you can find every episode of this show. Underneath each episode is a message board. You can post there or go to Facebook. Sneaky Dragon, boom, there, post it there. Or, as I said, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com is our email. You can go to Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon, and or go to Tumblr, .tumblr sneakydragon.tumblr.com. All fine ideas and fine selections. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, your listenings. Uh, Wishing Nina a uh, retroactive happy birthday. (laughs) Uh, And uh, I hope you enjoyed the uh, thought of the chicken that I uh, didn't get you. <laughs> um, uh, <yes. laughs>
1: thank you so but much for lovely thought
2: there's always next year and by this time next year we'll all be back together in the same place and we'll be doing this uh, in the same room uh, oh so that's so nice, so nice. Yes. yeah miss seeing you guys in person um, okay that's it we're wrapping up now uh, turn off this podcast and go do something else bye
0: bye everyone thank you Nina
1: Goodbye.
0: <laughs>
2: Good. All, right. all right. Good, good reversal. Yeah. Oh, oh,
0: <laughs> okay. This time I'm going to turn on the machine.
2: Ah, <laughs> we all have the same joke.
3: <laughs> uh, no. uh, this is a good uh,